For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcast. Now let's get to the morning papers and see what's in print story-wise today. House prices are set to fall. A forecast from Leo Varadkar says house prices are set to fall because of the cost of living crisis and rising interest rates, according to the Tornishta. And Leo Varadkar said it would not be a bad thing if prices drop to let more first-time buyers get on the property ladder. Uh, that's going to be more difficult, though, isn't it, with high higher interest rates and huge inflation. Uh, But anyway, Mr. Varadkar said it was not a huge surprise that prices had started to level off given interest rates uh, rising and the increased cost of living. His comments come as the new report from the Economic and Social Research Institute found residential house prices uh, overvalued by 7% or more. Leo Varadkar said the likelihood is we'll see house prices moderate and even fall a bit in the period ahead. It's only a straw in the wind, but the most recent figures from myhome.ie indicate a fall in house prices in the past three months, uh, but still going up year on year. To the Irish Daily Mail, funeral stabbing victim posted video claiming he was not involved in feud. The slain man insisted his family wanted no part in the conflict. Ian Begley reporting in the Irish Daily Mail that stabbing victim Thomas Dooley had attempted to make peace with another traveller family before he was knifed to death at a funeral on Wednesday. Mr Dooley was stabbed repeatedly at the funeral of his friend Bridge O'Brien in Tralee County Kerry and Mr Dooley's wife Siobhan also stabbed while trying to defend her husband. She uh, then ran from uh, the men and the scene. It follows a long-running feud between Mr Dooley and two suspects. However, a social media media video that's now being widely circulated depicts Mr Dooley declaring he wanted no involvement in any feud. In the video, he says, and I quote, This is Tom Dooley here. I'm one of the Dooleys from Killarney, and I'm saying this now, and I'll say it only once. The Dooleys have nothing to say to nobody, and the Dooleys have nothing got to do with this feud. Unquote. The victim uh, Mr. Dooley, age 43, added the only way his family would get involved is if they were personally targeted. And yesterday, Gardy arrested two men aged in their 40s and 30s in connection with the incident. A Garda spokesman said a man aged in his early 40s was arrested in Cork City this afternoon. That will be yesterday, Thursday, October 6th, and taken to Tralee Garda Station, where he's currently detained under Section 4 of the Criminal Justice Act 1984. A man in his 30s arrested earlier this morning remains in Garda custody. You can check that out in most of the morning papers, but that story comes from the Irish Daily Mail. Now, former Irish dancing champ is not shocked by claims of cheating. Allegations uh, that surfaced yesterday suggest up to 18 teachers involved in competition fixing. And uh, a quote from uh, Leila Healy, which is uh, it's quite the quote, actually. Favours is a big, big word. That's thrown around the place in the Irish dancing world. A former Irish dancing world champion has said she's not surprised to hear allegations of cheating and fixing, uh, saying competitions had become very political. Leila Healy said that although the allegations are difficult to prove, the fact that more people are coming out will help shine a light on the practice or practices. I'm not shocked, she said. I'm aware of it carrying on throughout the years. Ms. Healy said that judges and teachers would mingle socially, which leads to favours being passed along. Favours is a big, big word that's thrown around uh, the place in Irish dancing, she said, referring to teachers acting as judges uh, where there is a conflict of interest. Also saying uh, many dancers, including herself, have made social sacrifices for competitions. It's so disheartening to see someone that has that goal 
They're literally shattered when they realise it's not possible because these things are going on, she told National Radio. Miss Healy believes that upcoming competition should be postponed until an investigation is finished to ensure dancers get the outcome they deserve. The Irish Daily Mail, let's go back to that, and page nine there has a new law won't lead to sex offender ID being shared. Kate McCurry reporting that a new law... Uh, that will provide gar- and allow Gardy to provide schools and crashes with photographs of sex offenders will not lead to the sharing of such Im- images on social media, the Justice Minister has said. Gardy will be able to provide pictures of a convicted sex offender on the sex offender's register to a member of the public in places where there are children or vulnerable people uh, if they are seen acting suspiciously or inappropriately near the premises. Justice Minister Helen McEntee said the bill will ensure Ireland has the strongest law possible in monitoring sex offenders. An amendment table to the legislation, uh, an amendment to the legislation will be tabled in the door next week and expected to be enacted by the end of the month. But very specific situations is all it will cover. They will be able to show a particular photograph to a principal in a school where perhaps concerns have been raised. Uh, but publishing that, of course, is a different matter. And speaking of vulnerable children, how heartbreaking the news stories of the uh, 22 uh, young children, babies, two and three years of age, that were shot and stabbed to death yesterday in uh, Thailand. Uh, And the grief and guilt of the parents was all too palpable last night on TV. The uh, only um, brighter light in such a tragedy is that in the middle of monsoon season, uh, a nursery that should have had 90 children Uh, only had about one-third of that amount. And that won't help the guilt or the anguish of those who lost loved ones, but it could have been so much worse if it had been uh, in a a warmer season away from monsoons and the uh, nursery had a full complement of 90 children. So uh, that's uh, not to assuage the grief of any who've lost theirs, but uh, imagine how lucky you would feel uh, if you were a parent who didn't bring their child to that school yesterday because of the heavy rains. Sadly, uh, 22 sets of parents uh, are feeling that guilt and that anger and that huge sense of loss. Salary hikes for politicians. Here we go again. Uh, The Sun has Doyle of Duty. 44 TDs have said no to a pay rise, but the rest will pocket €1,000. Uh, at least 44 TDs are refusing to take a €1,000 pay rise, says The Sun today. The hike from October 1st brings Doyle's salaries to among Europe's highest at €102,204. Uh, Germany's higher, 120000 Netherlands, 109 Ireland, 102 Norway, 101 The UK, 96 uh, when you convert from sterling into Euro. France is 86 Finland, 79 Belgium 66, Portugal 43 and Spain 36 were amongst the highest though. It's more than uh, is earned by British and French MPs and almost three times more than Spanish politicians take home. But one deputy who will accept this pay rise blasted the political gimmickry of turning it down. And another who spends up to 7,000 a year on local raffles warned it's not a super paid job. Asked by the Irish Sun about their plans for the grand all Sinn Féin and Social Democrat TD say they'll turn it down and Ain2 leader Padder Tobin will give his away to local charities. The County Meath deputy said, I won't be giving the money back to the government because I don't have confidence in the government. I'll instead be donating the pay rise in its entirety to local groups 
who are providing food, shelter and assistance to those in need of uh, in need in the constituency. And you can see the reasoning behind that. Uh, the 1% rise under the building momentum wage deal is likely to be followed by another 3% raise, which will push TD salaries above €105,000. Uh, to the Irish Times now, a total of 20% of rechecked Leaving Cert exams have been upgraded. Uh, a total of 20% uh, of Leaving Cert subject grades which are rechecked in recent weeks have been upgraded. Almost 8,500 candidates appealed just under 17,000 individual exam results this year. These are broadly similar figures compared uh, with the last time exams ran as normal in 2019. Following rechecks this year, a total of 3,769 upgrades, or 20%. Uh, there was just one downgrade awarded in the appeals process this year. The proportion of upgrades this year is up on 2019 as well, and the State Examinations Commission said the final number of upgrades represents less than 1% of all Leaving Cert results awarded this year. Ambulance response times causing concern. Breda Graham reporting in the Echo that the director of the National Ambulance Service has admitted that ambulance turnaround times are the single biggest clinical risk being faced in the country right now. And in the examiner today, tourists are defecating inside Peg's house, say caretakers. That, of course, is the home of the legendary storyteller and renowned author Peg Sayers, on, uh, on Blaskade Moor, the Great Blaskade Island. It's become a place where tourists urinate and defecate, according to the caretakers who live there. Brock Montgomery and Claire the Haas said they routinely saw tourists peeing or pooping in the ruins of the Shanachies' first home. They also saw them urinating and defecating in other nearby ruins on the island, which was uh, inhabited until 1953. Mostly run by the Office of Public Works, Great Blaskade Island is now one of 15 signature discovery points on the Wild Atlantic Way. It's described by Discover Ireland as one of the incredible places to experience on the 2,600-kilometre coastal route and the island does not have electricity, water, mains or public toilets. And as a result, tourists use ruins, which include the first home Peg lived in as toilets instead. It's not a kind of a protest against Peg. It's just being caught short and having nowhere to go, I suppose. Uh, and that's uh, the examiner today. Also in the examiner, no help for pay-as-you-go customers. Paul Hosford and Kira Phelan, political correspondents uh, reporting that a meeting between the Environment Minister and Energy Companies has failed to reach an agreement on how uh, to pay the pay-as-you-go customers the benefit being given to other electricity users. A spokesperson for Eamon Ryan said the talks were wide-ranging and took in a number of subjects including energy prices, market projections and hedging for the coming months. Just get the credit to the people. They're, they're, give them a code, the same as you did during COVID. However, it's understood no mechanism has yet been agreed to protect uh, those who use meters. And apparently doctors and dentists and solicitors and the like who run businesses and who are employing uh, huge uh, numbers across the country are not going to get uh, the support grant offered to other businesses. Uh, I was reading in one of the papers this morning that the revenue commissioners consider most businesses who uh, get their income from trading or from supplying services are classed as uh, class one businesses and they're all going to get the grant. Uh, but the doctors, dentists, solicitors are um, classified by the revenue as uh, class two businesses uh, because they get, I suppose, their, uh, their derive their income from skilled activity, just to co- cover it all. Uh, as such, they are not going to get 
the 40% of the one, of the, whatever the increase was since last year that other businesses will enjoy. Uh, that's a quick look at the morning papers. Now let's go to our phone lines and uh, to line one and to James. Hi, James. Good morning. You wanted to talk to me about Michael O'Connell, whom we interviewed on Wednesday, yeah? Well, I have to compliment him. I just wondered, did anybody pick up on his on his facts? On the facts, uh, I'm not sure is it a coincidence, um, but there was a rep- representation made to on uh, Shannon Aaron at about two or three o'clock that day. Uh, more or less everything that Michael and myself were saying. Uh, I'm not, I'm not sure is a coincidence. There was somebody listening down here. Um, oh, but- they listen. Yeah, um, Michael was Michael was very clear in his messaging, and that we have untapped natural gas resources in these very difficult times. Uh, gas is available to us; it's available at a very high price, and it's available through a system that uh, is risky, to say the least. We're at the behest of other countries and other providers to keep that gas flowing. And the, the thrust of the conversation was while planning appears to have been blocked or there seems to be a reticence in government to allow any type of storage facility on land or floating, as has been offered, uh, we're sitting on these billions of uh, cubic metres of gas uh, that is uh, going to remain untapped while we face possible power cuts this winter. And while we suffer the, the, the ideologies of a party that really have not the interest of the country at heart. I mean, we have that, that is a third or fourth situation now where by there, there is a waste of taxpayers' money. Like, you, you gotta look at the, like the children's hospital who were being given a free site. The government decided not to take it. The tunnel or the famous route to the airport, which was going to be done freely. The government decided not to take it. Like, they have a duty of care to the country, I presume, to do the best for the country. And it shouldn't be up to them on a whim to turn that down. I mean, I drive a vehicle. That is, that government are actually getting 15 euros per fill more in tax from the H fill than they were this time last year. Mm-hmm. I mean, they are winning on this. Why did? They, why was their budget so underestimated? Because they've got so much in in tax, corporation tax, VAT, PIYE. I mean, they're not forward. They're not giving us any freebies. They're forward loading what they've already taken in. But running the country but, is expensive. Of course it's expensive, so that's why you have to be the most economical you can with it. I mean, like what Michael said the other day, there is diesel now becoming available that will be 95% uh, energy friendly. But there's no talk about that. I mean, most people are not in a position to get electric cars. Like, I mean, the fantasy of electric bicycles, electric cars and walking. I was driving along this morning and there was a guy with a bicycle sheltering in a bus stop while the rain blew over, like in a country that rains every second day. I mean, this is this is fantasy stuff we're talking about here. Of course we have a problem with the environment, but there's an election in Brazil at the moment which is going to be run off at the weekend, and one of the hot points in it is the Amazon forest. It's been decimated. You know, what do we do? With, we have no control over that. Like, I mean, I think we're point zero one of the damage in the, across the world. Mm. There, was the a, there was a song about 25 or 30 years ago about the Amazon forest and about forestry in general by Bruce Coburn called If a Tree Falls in the Forest. Rain, teeming mystery. A climate control centre for the world. Hacked by parasitic greedhead scum. Inject a billion burgers worth of beef. That's some of the sentiment of that song. And that's what's happening, certainly, in, in the biggest oxygen-producing uh, forest in the world, the, the, the Amazon rainforest. Uh, I don't want the programme to become, uh, you know, a personal attack vehicle. 
for Eamon Ryan, but there have been many that have been critical of the Green Party's policies uh, in general. Uh, Eamon Ryan wants to have one million electric cars on the road in Ireland in um, uh, by 2030. Um, best of luck taking your electric car at end of life to a scrap dealer because they'll run a million miles from it. Uh, every electric car contains about a ton of lithium or lithium-ion uh, battery power. Uh, this yeah. this is highly toxic material that, you know, even though if we save the planet, where are we going to dump this material? In, well, and, you know, in the fullness of time, in 15 years, where are we going to dump it? Well, well, like nobody wants to answer those questions. They don't even acknowledge this sort of situation. I mean, we're, we're being sold, or people are being sold on the notion that they're cheaper to run. That is a fallacy. California is not producing enough electricity, James, to, to charge every electric car that's on the road there. And they were leading the push for electric cars. Uh, they're, they're, yeah. they're rationing electricity and banning the charging of electric cars at certain times. <laughs> so, like, I mean, that's an alternative? I don't think so. Like, I mean, he goes and there's an order for 120 electric buses. I think it's something around 600,000 per bus. And we're coming into a stage where we want to, might not have enough power to boil a kettle. <laughs> I, can, I have more issue with the two people in opposition who are overseeing this as, because of their, the situation of probably being voted out of power or him letting the government down. I mean, somebody has to take responsibility. Do, do, you think I mean, there's, do you think there's an agenda within the Green Party that we must get everything done in, this, in the lifetime of this government? Because let's, let's, not, not to, uh, let's not dance around the bush here. Uh, our, our policies are becoming so unpopular we won't be re-elected everyone, everyone is for green and, 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 a, and a better environment and saving the planet but these policies have become ridiculed uh, some of them have been so farcical and, and, and that brings people to disrespect the overall green drive when they're personally hurting well you go out to buy a green car in the morning it's going to cost you 10,000 at least more than the equivalent petrol, or probably eleven thousand more than the equivalent diesel, which is working very, uh, are working very hard towards getting their diesel product safe. Uh, and we, they tell us they're cheaper to run. They might be similar to run, but nobody takes into account the extra investment, uh, the upfront investment. I mean, there is no way the average person can afford to pay fifty grand or forty-five grand or whatever for a mid mid mid-range electric car. And then you have the charging situation. I mean, there's, I see them backed up at filling stations now waiting to get charged. I mean, that's not efficient and that's not helpful and that's not economical. And reports that charging is costing more than petrol or diesel. At some of the high-speed charging units, it can cost you up to 35 euros, I think, to top up 80%. At some of the the high-speed, the really high-speed ones. But not every car suits that. For instance, there's a Golf, I think, I better not name names, but there is a, a, one of the range that will not take the fast charge. You know, so the thing is to hear them, scare them. I mean, there was a lady on the radio recently, on one of the radio stations, probably yours, and she no, it was on a Dublin paper, I saw it, and she was going to Bantry, and she spent so much time researching where she was going to get charged up. I mean, that don't make sense, you know. He, he talked about fracking. I mean, there's much worse than fracking. He's tarmacking and putting down curbs and bone cutting down trees and dug this. That's the plan. I mean, that's more damaging so they, to the so they, they, we, we highlighted this in the programmes during the week. They, they want to I rip up that. a thousand trees between Grange, yeah. Douglas, Tory Top Road and Borey Manor Road. And front gardens. Have a bus going flying past your window? 
I mean, it's nuts like this sort of thing. There was a book written after the recession, the Great Recession in the in the noughties. And I think it was something along the lines of can one bank could one bank bring down the country? And like, I mean, you have to wonder: can one party now actually bring down the country or bring down an economy? Because this thing is totally out of control. There's a million a day being spent on walkways, pedalways, and various other so-called environmentally friendly. Um, developments like that. That's one million a year with the commitment, I believe, when the, when the program for government. And I think yeah. you can see it around the country. Some of the there was a, a recent directive sent out to some of the county councils or city councils to get the money spent because they weren't spending it fast enough. Mm-hmm. Look, I, I'm, I'm not political, and no way am I anti-green. But some of some of the policies I just don't understand. On one hand, uh, and, and I can understand, you know, that European directives say we can't cut turf anymore. We can't industrialise it. We can't sell it. Uh, so, some of the private holdings may be able to cut personal turf. On the other side of that, we're, we're importing uh, peat products from Germany using fossil fuels for trucks. On the other yeah. side of that, we're supporting a regime to totally electrify the car fleet and truck fleet uh, and transport fleet in Ireland in the next 10 to 20 years uh, with no cognizance of the hardship that the very, very low-paid workers are mining that cobalt and lithium uh, in often slave labour conditions to produce a product that we haven't even considered how we're going to dispose of. But how does this get passed? Like, we hope that there's two other parties there. How, how does it get passed? James, it, get, it gets passed when you hold the balance of power. Well, that's, that's the, that was the point I was going to make. Well, there are two other parties there, three-legged stools. <clears throat> they don't seem to have the guts to stand up and say no. Not going with that. It doesn't make sense. Now, Leo Berkeley did say that possibly the license to be granted off Kerry, was it? Was on hold. It wasn't denied. But there's a dispute there as well regards building the, the gas storage. That's, that's political speak for, hang on a second, uh, I may need to regroup on this situation and we will revisit it. Or I might get through the next election before it becomes a big issue. Yeah, you know, yeah, if, if, if something's going to become a political hot potato, they, they'll always give themselves a backdoor to exit. No, it's not. It's, it's not denied. It's not shot down. Uh, it's in committee. Uh, we will revisit it. And that gives them a, that gives them a, a safe-facing opportunity, I imagine. Yeah, but you can, you know, you can put that out of the soul, but someday it's going to have to rest, and that's it. And they don't seem to be prepared to take it on. But I think they all, everything is done, well, not everything, most things are done in government with a view to the next vote. And we're, we're, we're heading towards a quarter of all our available electricity from the grid going to service data centres. Now, they are important, and they are important for FDI, foreign direct investment, and for, and for keeping the, the big multinationals here. Um, but if those multinationals go out of production because of lack of gas, that was the main thrust of um, my conversation with Michael O'Connell on Wednesday, that we need to shore up reserve gas supplies because we're in a very precarious situation. Well, we did give. We did invite them in. We canvassed to get them in, good enough to come in. And now we're going to pull the the, the, the rug from under them. Almost, we can't provide. Like I mean, we would surely have a duty to them to provide what they need. They're not here just for the fun of it or whatever. They're here because it works well, it suits them, and the tax regime was good at the time. But let's not throw them out because that's more people out of work. You know, and that that would surely cause serious problems. And what are you going to do with an old data centre? <laughs> That's true. Um, what, how are you fixed for the winter personally, Michael? Or James? Uh, I, I'm okay. The way I work, I'm okay. I don't have a heavy electricity bill, so I'm lucky. I don't have. Uh, I don't depend on electricity for heating. I use smokeless coal. 
and it, it, it services quite a bit of it and I'm, I'm not a lot of the time in the house so I'm looking up but like there are people now the allowance the old age person's allowance for fuel won't buy a bag of coal coal has gone through the roof I, 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 I know one person who sits in a pub and nurses two pints uh, two or three nights a week uh, and and I mean nursing the pints now. Uh, the bar staff know exactly what he's doing. It's the same yeah. price to heat the house. I might as well sit in the pub and meet somebody. If I can drink those two pints slow enough, uh, then I can I can go to bed, wrap up and keep my coat on and leave the house cold and I won't have to heat it. How sad is that? But like, I mean, the man that said that, you know, if old people have to choose between heat and food, put on an extra coat. I mean, that's that's outlandish to say that. That's what was that was supported like. I mean, you know, you can't run. Uh, those people have given their lives to the country, and that's the way you're treating them. They can't. They got twelve euros of a rise or whatever. That's not even going to buy the extra bag of coal early. Yeah, but you you, you, you know the test of resolve for this government is they're going to. I believe anyway, they're going to have to find the eighty million euros somewhere else than uh, than levy concrete in April. Because that, uh, they never seem to take cognizance of all of these things have a ripple effect. The cost of diesel hits every supply chain and hits the price of everything that's on every shelf. Uh, yes. The cost of concrete in, in, in the throes of a housing crisis uh, is going to ultimately pay, be paid for by Joe and Mary Public uh, who want to buy houses. Whatever about the big corporations and hedge funds and uh, you know the big institutional investors who buy up blocks of houses and offices. Uh, it's just going to put the put the price up, uh, and it's going it's going to unfairly affect those who are trying to get a, a foot on the ladder. Now I know they've said first time buyers will be exempt, but how are they going to police that? They can't police even simpler things than that. So there's no way like they can. It's four to six thousand estimated per house extra, so we can call that ten mm-hmm. straight up because our estimates are never accurate up the way; they're always accurate the other way. Yeah. Me- me- meanwhile, the political parties, Fianna Fáil especially, are hedging their bets for the, fu- for the future. And Michal Martin, who had always vehemently opposed going into uh, any sort of an alliance with Sinn Féin, has been quoted recently uh, at the Ordesh as saying, the door is always open to working with political parties whose, whose policies align with our own. Uh, he's never going to be caught saying no again because the, you know, Fianna Fáil need to be rebranded and rebuilt as well, and maybe that's going to come in, in, in coming years. Uh, James, we've covered a lot of ground. Anything else you want to say? No, I, I just uh, I think that uh, people should listen to Michael O'Connell's interview when they get a chance, because it was so enlightening. I, I'm not sure what that man does, but he really has his head screwed on, and it's a shame people like that are not running the country. Okay. So you, you, you can check it out. I can't remember exactly what time it was on. Uh, was it Wednesday's programme? But you can check it out on the Neil Prendival Show podcast. I've, had, I've, re- I've listened to it a couple of times. I thought it was excellent. He's a very intelligent man, and I'd like to compliment him. Okay, what, 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 what did you make of his high treason comment? No, nothing surprising there. Like, I mean, Hinder <laughs> never... What did Pat Rabbit famously say? That's what you tell them. That's what you tell them what they need. You know, we're treated like puppets. You don't know what's going on behind the scenes. You just have no idea what's going on behind the scenes. But, like, I mean, he had a point, because I think there is a duty of care when you go into power to do the best for your country. Not to be popular and not to be populist and not to try and get in for the next election. Yeah, personal ideologies and um, party policies must come second to the national interest and the economic interest uh, that, that, you know, that covers every citizen of the country. James, we leave it there. Thank you very much. Have a good day. Bye-bye. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818-104-106. Cork's Red FM. 23 minutes to 10. Good morning. This is Mick Mulcahy. It's going to be a very busy morning competitions-wise. We have our Roosters Piri Piri Free Food Friday, our Glen Tree Fitted Furniture Competition, 200 euro voucher uh, to give away there. Uh, and we'll do that between now and 12 o'clock. You need to find the uh, celebrity behind the sofa from Glentree Fitted Furniture in Dunmanway. And of course, we have the Glentree Fitted Furniture Head to Head, which is a friends competition. And we will be uh, picking two friends experts from uh, the listening community between now and 12 o'clock. Don't try to enter that competition unless you are a huge friends fan, because you'll just embarrass yourself on the air. Because the questions are quite difficult. You wouldn't know them unless you are a devoted fan of friends. So we'll uh, tell you more about that a little later on. want to go back to our phone lines. Thanks to Roxy for waiting, uh, and I'll get to you in a moment. But just to get the Free Food Friday kicked off with Roosters, Piri Piri and Douglas and Blackpool, text or WhatsApp saying who you are, where you work, and why you want us to pick you to 0868104106 winners get a huge huge range of food selection of starters with chicken skewers beef skewers and chicken wings mains including chicken wraps beef burgers chicken pitas everything of course basted in their famous medium peri peri sauce and they'll also throw in peri salted fries rice and the newest side waffle fries also portions of piri mayo and garlic piri mayo and a special treat you can pick and build the cheesecake of your choice 0868 get your texts or whatsapps in now once again thanks for holding Roxy and good morning good morning now we put uh, a poll in the field as uh, politicians would say that a great deal of charity shops hike toy and clothing prices and this came from an email that I got during the week I make I've been shopping in charity shops since I had kids for toys and clothes uh, for Christmas Uh, I noticed recently so are a lot more people I've also noticed that charity shops have copped onto this and are charging a lot more as a result as a parent who's struggling financially and is dependent on charity fines for Christmas it's looking less likely I can afford those toys. I'm just wondering, has anyone else noticed it? And just before we come to you, Roxy, some of the comments that came in on that, all those charity shops should be named. Those who donate these items are giving them for people who need them, not for people to make profits, said Ellen. Okay, do you know the point of a charity shop isn't to benefit those shopping there with bargains? It's to raise much-needed funds. And with everything going up lately, uh, lately, charities need more money. Therefore, fundraising must go up. First comment there from Ellen and the second one from Ed. So two diametrically opposed opinions to uh, what we were saying when we put that poll out. What do you make of it, Roxy? Okay. Um, yes, I do agree that, you know, we do know that there's volunteers here at the charities and they do work there for free. Like, they do want to raise money for people who are in need in charities and whatsoever. But there's the other side where you can't really afford to go shopping in like high brand stores and things like that so you just try your luck at these second stores and secondhand stores and the charity shops which when you do go in especially me as a single mom with three kids and when i do go shopping with my kids they always run to the toy section the first thing they do and i'm pretty sure there's a lot of parents out there who relate we're on low income you can't really afford these toys so you do try your luck at the charity shops but when you do go in and you actually do find something for your kids which they're not really like in good shape they would still be as almost at the same price as the ones in shop. You, so you, had, you, you had a situation with a bike, did you? Yes, this is where this is where I got really annoyed and just stopped when it. I just stopped altogether going in because I was there with my daughter and the, the charity shop was actually closed. It was on a weekend. We passed and she saw in the window there was this bike, this pink bike. 
So I promised her that we'd go there on first thing on Monday. So we did actually travel there by bus in Middleton. And when we went there, I was thinking, you know, it, it can't cost more than at least 10 or 15. And when I did go in and I actually found the bike there, we were happy and she even went on it. And when I went on to the till to pay for it, she said 25. And I said, 25 is a bit high for me, to be honest, honest to God, that's actually all I had traveling back to Cork and everything was around 25 euro. And she said, um, sorry, you have to talk to the manager. So I ended up going looking for the manager and I waited there for the manager to come in. She did come in and she said to me that she can't go any lower than that. And the bike wasn't new, you know, the bike was used and it was, I don't know for how long it could have been there for, but my daughter was really upset. I ended up just taking my daughter off the bike and she was crying, crying, like her eyes out all the way down to Cork City back again. Yeah, but that's that's, that's, that's the risk you take when you bring any child into any toy shop, I imagine. Exactly. I know this is a charity yeah. shop. You did say in your text it was a beat-up bike, though. Yeah, it was like, it, was, it wasn't It was a new bike. It, it was used, because everything in the second-hand store, like, some people are good enough to actually donate their some new things, and if you're lucky enough, you might just catch them. But if this bike was, was used, like, you could see the wheels and everything were used, like, it was not new. And I, I, I was like, no, I'm not going to pay 25 euro for a used bike in the charity shop. Like, I offered 15, and she said no. I offered 20, she said no. So oh, well, if, was there, there's price. no give at all, then, if they're not going to meet you halfway. Uh, 20 would have yeah. been fair on both sides, wouldn't it? Exactly, and I, and I don't understand why. For an item they got for free, probably. Of course, and I, like, I didn't go in, like, I usually expect new things in the charity shop and, like, good price at new things, but for a, something that it's used, at least fair price, because these prices are coming in. Like, I know I, I found one thing there was, it was actually ripped. It was for my six-year-old daughter. She found a dress, and it was ripped right there at the waist. And I showed the lady, I was like, look, there's like there's something. And she was like, oh, yeah, but this is a really good brand. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to pay 10 euros for a dress, but it's like ripped. I can take it home and sew it for like a five-year-old, but I'm not going to take it for 10 euros. Like, I can buy that at the shop. And... They were just like, if you don't like it, you don't have to come in. So they're being very, very rude at the same time. But I just, I just gave up going in because I just felt, I felt like, is it me that I just can't afford going to charity shop anymore, or is it everyone else? And I actually did read the when you posted that thing on Facebook, and I did read the poll. I was actually glad to see that there's other people who are going through the same thing as I am with charity shops. Mm. Okay, Hugh, Hugh has texted to say the charity shops are managed by a small number of professionals assisted by a large number of volunteers and by community employment trainees. The profits generated from the charity shops, some of which also supply furniture, are recycled into local conferences around Ireland to support those in need, so says Hugh. So, okay, they're, they're, they're there for a good cause. They're providing a service. Do you think they've lost track of the fact that people uh, may, may not just be coming in to support the charity, but may yeah. be coming in because they need to get a bargain to keep the show on the road yeah. uh, for Christmas yeah. or something? Exactly, like I was just saying that to my mom the other day that because she likes to go travel, like to go to charity shops and I was like, look, you're just going to end up spending more. You just can just save up and buy a proper thing in the shop. But that's the thing. I think that charity shops, like we know, they're there to, to help other people. But same time, like I said, this is where my side, where I have a low income and I do try my luck at the charity shops. And it's just, you, you don't understand what's going on anymore. It's just gone up so much like the prices like every gone up really but the charity shops like the prices are just I think they're just they're just somebody who's just pricing them who doesn't know what they're doing I think they're probably way overpriced the clothes and everything else okay so hang, on, hang on there easy. hang on there a second Roxy Keith good morning how are you how are you very good you've got a room full of toys just about to head to a charity shop are they 
I was. I was going to clean out the room in the next, either this weekend or next weekend. Um, there's just loads of boys' toys. Now, there's cuddly toys as well, but there's there's computer consoles with games and everything that goes with them. There, there's just loads of stuff there. I didn't... I, I wouldn't mind giving it to a charity shop, but I'd rather give it to someone who will benefit from it. They can just take it away for each charge. Yeah, but if, 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 if there's a lot, would, would, would that be you know would that be too much for one person? Perhaps. Now you don't want your house inundated well, with. No, no, they they can take what they want. If they don't want something, that's fine. If they can just pick and choose. They don't have to have all of it. They can take what they want, and the rest I'll just give it to a charity shop then. All right. Do you, do you mind if I give Roxy first dibs at that? <laughs> yeah, no worries at all. Would you like that, Roxy? No worries at all. Oh, you're very good. I have I have two little girls who are four and six and a ten-year-old boy. So I'm not sure. If, yeah. Uh, yeah. Does that suit? I'll, yeah, I'll tell you what. Yeah. As an exercise, we'll put the two, uh, the two of you together. Obviously, Keith, we're not going to give out your number on the air and you'll be inundated with people yeah. looking for free toys. But if you give Roxy first, right. first dibs at what's there, trying to help her out. Oh, you're very uh, good. And, Thank and, you. And, no problem. And give the rest, yeah, no problem, give the rest to charity. We, uh, is, is there a particular yeah. charity shop that you would favour giving your toys to Keith? No, there's a St. Vincent's Depart close Vincent to me. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. you know, they're, they're kind of the, the, the normal place that you would go to, like, you know. But yeah. that, that's it. There's no favouritism or anything. It's just, that was just close to me. That's and all. I'm not denying here or trying to claim in any way that, that uh, you know, the charity shops are beneficial uh, to society yeah. and beneficial to recycling and beneficial to fundraising. Um, but there just yeah. seems to be this air, uh, this current of comment from the Facebook post that they're getting yeah. tougher to deal with, that they're not... Uh, you know, they're sticking to their prices. They get something valued and that's yeah. the price. Yeah, so yeah. my son needed yeah. a helmet good for hurling and I actually found one in the shops that are way over my price. So I found one there just, I think it was about last month and it was 20 euro. And I said, can I just give you this much for it? And they didn't want to accept it either. So I don't understand why they don't want to bargain with you as well if you really don't have the money. And they can see that you're with the kids and you really they really want that thing and you really don't have the money for it. But oh well, you know. There's nothing really much you can do with it. I did try my luck you know, to find some things there for for Christmas as well. But I'm better off just saving a bit and a bit until I actually go to the shop and buy them what they like instead. Okay, we'll, we'll put the two of you in touch if that's okay with the production team. Yeah. Uh, and maybe you can drop us an email again then, Roxy, to say, uh, you know, Keith was generous and I got this, this and this and, and, and so on. And the rest can go to charity. And we'll endeavour yeah. to continue doing good work. Yeah. And, and, and a big shout out to all of the workers in the charity shops who are doing their best yeah. as well. Yeah, if you don't mind me adding, there's a Facebook page, there are active kindness on Facebook and just people there who are willing to help, you know, people who are like myself who are low income, who give things for free. So like a lot of things, furniture, toys, everything. So if people who are in need, they can check that out as well. It's called Active Kindness Cork. Active Kindness Cork on Facebook. If you are like yes. Keith, uh, ready to dispose of stuff, make a bit of room. Kids have grown out of certain toys and they're in good condition, etc. This might be the place where you could help out directly a few people rather than going through the various charities. I'm not trying to take anything from the charity shops, uh, but sometimes social media can be more efficient. Uh, in Certainly if, if you are on hard times and looking yeah, to yeah. Christmas with some dread, uh, it, it could be, along with the charity shops, it could be a very good resource. Mm-hmm. All right, yeah, guys. Thanks, Roxy. Thanks, Keith, Thank for your you generosity. No Appreciate problem. it. No problem. Thank you. Thank Bye-bye. You. Uh, now, Bye. more comments on that. Dear Mick, I'm truly sorry there's so much anger generated by the Facebook post and charity shops. I, too, find myself questioning why do I pay more for every item in the local supermarket? Whose fault is it that my student son has to pay an outrageous rent for his little room in Galway City? So am I angry with the government, the EU, NATO, Putin, the banks? No. I see why it's easy to take our anger out of charity shops. 
uh, because we feel they get it all for free. So why can't they just do what they used to do? Leave the goods in boxes for a good treasure hunt dig wrinkled and possibly dirty in date uh, even smelly. Nothing wrong with that if that's what you like. Oh yes, but turning the washing machine dryer and iron does cost, turning them on, does cost a fortune nowadays. So am I angry about my bills? Um, This is a wide-ranging text. Uh, Yes, I am angry about my bills, but I choose a nicely cared-for charity shop where its staff took endless hours to sort goods, choose the best clean items, steam them, date them and research, yes, research the going market price for a second-hand item as such. But it's just me. I choose to skip the city craze and shop locally. So I save on fuel, parking, additional travel expenses like food and drinks, and I appreciate my charity shops. Uh, but that's just me, so says Orly. Uh, Merle says, check the clothing tags too. They're trying to charge mad money for items that were originally bought from discount stores, uh, discount clothing outlets, and would have, uh, in some cases, cost less than the charity shop is charging for them. It's insane. I saw a faux leather jacket, uh, and it was very obvious it had mole stains. And it had a tag saying, sold as seen for 15 euro. That should have gone in the bin, not in the rack to be sold. And I saw little glass yogurt pots from Aldi that had been washed and were on sale for 50 cent each. So says Merle. This is the Neil Prenderville Show. Text and WhatsApp 086-8104-106. Cork's Red FM. Six and a half minutes to uh, 10 o'clock. Let me get through our main competition for this week. It's our final day giving away 200 euro in a voucher form, which you can spend at Glentry Furniture in Dunmanway. Uh, Glentry Furniture Centre. I called them Glentry uh, Glentry Fitted Furniture a while ago, but I guess they do some of that too. So apologies there if I got it wrong. There'll be an extra winner today, of course, uh, who's going to get a Lazy Boy Spectator chair worth 1,958 euros. It's a Friends, the TV show Friends specific competition. So only uh, enter please or try to enter if you're a big Friends fan. Anyway, it's the same luxury leather recliner that Joey and Chandler famously fell in love with on Friends. Now, back to uh, Glentry Furniture Centre. They're a family-run business in Dunmanway. Customer service, very important part of their business and aiming to deliver a white glove service, meaning they deliver and assemble for you. You don't have to put it together yourself. And if there's ever any issues, they strive to look after those issues with the utmost care and confidence. So 100% customer service satisfaction. So they're well worth a visit. You can do so in person or online at glentryfurniture.ie. But who is the celebrity behind the Glentree Furniture Sofa this morning. Have a listen. I found out when it was online, like when it hit the news. I knew he would sell my music. I knew he would do that. I couldn't believe who he sold it to. Oh, they're getting more obscure as the week goes on. Of course, somebody's moving around on the couch as well, on the sofa, to distract you. Have one more listen. I found out when it was online, like when it hit the news. I knew he would sell my music. I knew he would do that. I couldn't believe who he sold it to. Okay, opening the lines on that much, much closer to 12 midday. So don't call or text on that one just now. And of course, we'll have our friends head to head as well for Glentry Furniture Centre with that lazy boy for grabs today. And it is worth 1,958. Europe. Now our free food Friday shoutouts begin. We're going to feed 15 people. You can build your own cheesecake as well with a selection of toppings like Kinder Bueno sauce and Kinder Pieces and Nutella and much, much more. Hi Mick, I'd love to win lunch for the amazing team at Irish Guide Dogs for the Blind on Model Farm Road. Working very hard every day. Such an amazing team. No other place like it, says Sylvia O'Callaghan. Free food Friday and happy Friday from everyone at Donworth's Office Supplies. 
who are on Forge Hill. We have hungry workers here. They're amazing and would love to win. Another busy day for GRP roofing supplies on the Tremor Road. Call in today, meet Brendan and the team. And uh, this is an ad. (laughs) This is an advert. Call in today, meet Brendan and the team and find out all about the Curate Fiberglass Roofing Cellar. Come on, lads. We've got you. Come on, lads. Hi, Mick. We'd love to win some roosters. One of our staff members is off today uh, and said he'd be very annoyed if we won the free lunch. So please, can we have it to annoy him? Oh, brilliant. Katie O'Connell in Lara National School. Lunch for Ross Oil and Fernand celebrating a birthday here today. Keto Products. Thanks, Megan. Have a great weekend. You two guys, Karen and her colleagues in O'Donovan's Pharmacy in Ballyfehan. Would love to share some roosters. Please pick me, Gubna Doyle, Irish, Oral Irish Department, UCC. We'd absolutely love and enjoy the lunch. Jennifer Henley is in Boots, Chemist Douglas Court. Uh, they'd love to treat the team. Hi Mick, Free Food Friday for all the hardworking staff at Union Hall Smoked Fish. Hi Mick, my name is uh, Chloe and I work in a special school in Lota called Skull Triest. We would absolutely love to win your Free Food Friday. We work so hard every day with the kids with autism and they would absolutely love some free food on a Friday. This is a long text. It's such a miserable Friday morning, which means our kids can't go to the playground. So a nice treat on a Friday would be amazing for them. We've had a very busy September with all our new students settling in. We have a new principal as well. And the kids and staff here in Skull Trieste would love if we got free food Friday. That's one of the longest ones we've got. Uh, free food Friday for Atlantic Flight Training Academy in Cork Airport. Hi, guys. Uh, our por- uh, area carpet and floors would love some food and we'll share with the lads in Lehanamore Business Park as well. Free food Friday, please could you just play a feed the hungry workers in Lehan Motors on the airport road, especially Aideen, Melissa and Aiden in service and the German team working for Stripe Telus in Blackrock keep those texts coming on 086 106 I'm Rory and I'm Valerie and you can join us for the very best in local national and international sport every weekend on the Big Red Bench that's the Big Red Bench every Saturday and Sunday from 6 on Cork's Red FM get it off your chest text the Neil Brinderville show now 086 8104 Red FM 7 minutes after 10 and staying with the uh, charity shop subject and Carolyn is from Balance uh, which is a charity shop. Good morning Carolyn Good morning, how are you mate? Very good, uh, you know, you're a charity shop in Ballancolig and you're going for the mighty time of 35 years That's right, that's right So 35 years ago there was a group of um, local mums and dads got together and they had several of them had children with special needs so they wanted to um, start a project, basically. It's kind of like a play scheme, a regular play scheme, except it will be with children with special needs. And there was nothing um, in existence at the time, government-wise, you know, school-wise. There was nothing like it. So basically, they had to fundraise. So they started up um, a charity shop to fundraise specifically for this camp that would facilitate children with special needs. Now, the kids we would have would be aged from 7 to 27, 28, I think, would be our eldest kid. And we run it for five weeks of the summer. So during that five weeks, we would facilitate maybe up to 140 children, um, kind of days on, days off, and so on, week on, week off. And we would do everything with them, from going okay. to cinema, horse riding, swimming, <laughs> day trips, in-house arts and crafts, little shows. So and a lot of our children would be on a ratio of two to one, so two carers to one child. Wow, okay. So it cost us about 85000 to run the five weeks because we have no government uh, grants whatsoever. All right. Now, the five camps, I believe, cost 85000 to run. Can you give me a, a rough breakdown of how much it costs you to rent the facility, possibly insure yeah. it, pay your rates, uh, whether you have voluntary staff, how much you... 
probably what I'm trying to get is what, what do you need to take in every week to get that 85 grand a year to run those five-week camps uh, yeah. for those children so with special needs? Basically, the um, the facility that we have will be our Lady Good Council School. So our Lady Good Council School don't charge us anything for their facilities. Now, they're state-of-the-art. We used to be up in Lota, and through Lota, we used to have Skultrius, and we used to have um, our Lady Good Council School and that. And then we had to, we added from there in relation to facilitating for other schools and that coming into us as well. Um, so then we moved to our Lady Good Council there, I think about... Oh God, I know, 15, 16 years ago, I suppose. Um, insurance would be the biggest one. So we say insurance for the five weeks, we could be paying four to five thousand euros for our insurance alone. Um, bus then and special taxis for our wheelchair users. So on the buses and so on, about an extra 10, 12 grand for the five weeks will be taken up on transport. Um, we would have some um, um, people on wages. We'll be taking about 35 to 40 staff of which some would be paid, and then we would have extra volunteers then from there. Now, we'll find that a lot of our staff would be existing SNAs, there would be existing teachers, and a lot of them, now what they get paid now isn't worth talking about, I'll be quite honest with you, if you can imagine that number of staff over five weeks. Yeah, so, so, so it's, it's a not-for-profit organisation, per se, but you need absolutely. to turn a profit to provide the services you give for free. Mm-hmm. And, and we do. The, I must say now, the support that we have would be absolutely incredible and would be well known in the area. We don't tend to, like for anybody who hasn't heard of Balance, we don't tend to advertise because we are stretched to be able to facilitate the number of children that we do already. Now, we do add to that list um, and we actually ran it for six days a week this year just to be able to give people a break on the Saturdays as well for people who'd never been involved in the camp before. So we do, you know, we, we do take new people on. It's not as if we have the same people all the time. But again, we're, we're just so far stretched. We could run it all summer. We could probably run it all year. And you would still have the children and the families that badly need the service that we give. Okay. Is it so mainly balancolic support you get? Mainly no, balancolic support or do people no. travel? People travel from all over. You have no idea. East Cork, we have McCroom. We have, like, both to support the shop and to bring their children as well um, on board. Yeah. So it, it's incredible. So without that support, we wouldn't be able to do it. Now, we do actually have... Um, we, we go further than that in relation to the shop itself because people would drop stuff into us and we'd say, like, a lot of the warm stuff, heavy coats and so on, we would have... Uh, we would give to the homeless. So it's not just about giving the stuff to one shop to produce the money to be able to do facilitate this charity shops in general serve a lot more purposes than that. Like Anne Harrington is the manager outside in the shop and herself and the team out there are amazing. So if somebody comes in and they say, look, you know, Anne, I, I need some baby stuff or whatever, um, she will then give them a ring and kind of say, look, I've got this, this and this in now. Do you want to come in? So it's such a community service in relation to facilitating people. Wedding dresses, communion dresses. Now, unfortunately, there's a little bit of stigma or has been, I suppose, over the years about getting wedding dresses from charity shops. But now I think they're what they call vintage. So you can so okay. get a vintage wedding dress. <laughs> Putting a name on it is a lot more attractive than getting um, something from the charity shop. It's, it's like a car, um, I suppose. It's, 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 it's not, a, it it's not yeah. a beat-up old banger anymore. It becomes vintage. No, it's vintage. And the minute it becomes vintage, it's very attractive. Very chic. Now, the other thing then, yes, yeah, and the communion dresses. So we get a lot of communion dresses. And like that now, if we, you know, people will come in looking for them. And if we don't have... Um, the communion dresses, then we would send them on. If they're not gone by a certain period of time, then we would send them on to Kenny Jenner's. Okay, and, and uh, we, we've got a, uh, a text here from uh, somebody called Jeannie. I don't, don't know, is that a male or female? G, G-E-N-I-E. For the last couple of years, 
Uh, the charity shops have got very expensive, especially the SVP shops. I think the car boot sales and local markets are the place to go. Well, maybe they are if you don't want to support charities. Yeah. Now, I must say, um, because I thought Anne has been at this for, for years and that as well, is that that is the one thing I could honestly say is that in relation to prices and that it is affordable. It has to be affordable because, again, like that, I mean, you must remember that it has to facilitate people as well that can't afford things. We would often have, we have a two euro sale every couple of months to clear the shelves, basically, because we would have so much stuff coming in. We would have boutiques that if they have end of sale stuff left over they would actually give us their stuff as well so some of the stuff would be brand new we would have families that come in and they might have three or four kids or whatever to look after for Christmas and they'll start buying their bits and pieces and we put them away over a period of time and that as well this, like to facilitate people like people don't realise the amount of input that goes into it we say for example when somebody loses a loved one and they want to, you know, clear out the house and bring over a couple of bits. That's a very personal thing, and it's a very hard thing for them to walk into a shop and hand over a box of stuff. Never thought of that, actually. So, That's a service you provide. You know, like, it, it is, and it's very important for people to think about that. So it's not just about people getting rid of their leftovers. That you will find an awful lot of times it will be because somebody is clearing out a house or something, you know, from a loved one. Mm. And as I said, to hand over that stuff, but then equally to know that the stuff that they have handed over is going to be put to good use. The money is going to be spent all local. We, we this, Everything that we do, we put the money back into the locality when we have to spend it on the children. Okay, would it be fair to say, Carolyn, from Balance and Balance, and colleague that uh, just going in and see seeing an item that you might think should be cheaper and not getting a price reduction when you try shouldn't colour your opinion on the overall uh, wide range of work and services that a charity shop will provide. And people put ha- have to put that into perspective too, that it's not just the person that's coming in and wants that item for two euros instead of three euros. Because sometimes people get a little bit carried away with what they think is, oh, but you listen, you got it for nothing. But they have to take into consideration, you know, the, the rent we pay on the premises, the electricity, you know, that people do still have to be looked after and the other services that we provide. Now, we try to do projects outside of the five weeks, but because most of us are volunteers, um, our time is a bit stretched. So, um, you know, but at the end of the day, what I love about this is that people see what goes in comes back out into the locality again and they see where that money goes. And I think that's very, very important. I could honestly say with regards to pricing, yes, if we got, you know, kind of like a range of dresses in from a boutique or something, yeah, we would try to get as much as we can for them, but they certainly wouldn't be outrageous. Okay, I went to a final one here, if you don't mind, Carolyn, from a texture. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went to a charity shop on Friday with a scooter, a ride on, two bags of toys, some of them brand new in boxes to be told they could not be accepted and to sell them on Facebook. I'm now waiting on a charity bag to come through the door, but God only knows who collects them. I'm sure they don't go to Irish charities, says Ria. Are there, are there items you don't accept? We were advised, yeah, if there, there is, you know, we try to accept as much as we can. Space-wise, we'd be caught in relation to larger items. So, like, we couldn't take furniture. But what we do do then is that if we know that, as I said, if somebody came in and kind of we knew that there was a house that had to be, needed a bit of furniture or something, somebody would mention to us. And then if somebody got on to us, we'd get them in touch with each other. So that because, I mean, people that are out there, they do come in looking for stuff that we don't have or that we can't store either. Uh, in relation to toys, it was actually, it was, it was off, I think about six years ago there, it was health and safety, and um, came in and we weren't allowed, we could stop taking electrical items. Okay, now, that's, that's, that's understandable for insurance reasons. Yeah. Okay, Carolyn, thank and you very much. Well. Thank you so much. Thanks. So it's, it's in Ballincollig anyway, and the next to the Chappie Gate Cafe, if anybody wants to come. You're a great PR person.
Fantastic. OK, <laughs> thanks a million. Thanks Thank very you. much. Now, uh, to a different topic, but uh, not totally unrelated. Good morning to Lisa Marie. Hi, Lisa Marie. Oh. Hello there. Hello, hi. Hi. Now, when I get, when I get on to the uh, subject of uh, Christmas toys uh, and uh, want to get our surveys uh, completed before we hand over back to Neil on Monday morning. Uh, and we uh, had a Facebook post, or we had a contact, uh, which we've put through our social media. Dear Mick, I'm hearing ads for toy shops telling us to buy early for Christmas as the price of toys is going up. I had my eye on a doll, 20 euros two months ago. Two weeks later, it was 30 euro. Now it's 40 euro. That's a 100% increase in two months. People are already struggling to make ends meet. How can they expect Santa to come this Christmas if everything is so expensive? Are you worried ahead of this Christmas? And we have lots of comments, which I'll get to at the moment. Uh, but you find it a scary place to be this Christmas, do you, Lisa Marie? Yeah, I do, but like, the prices are going crazy and then the toys are going crazy at the moment. Like Everyone's saying that they're on special offer, but they're really not. And then when they're getting delivered, they're not getting delivered hidden. So they come in, in the actual boxes. So if you have children that see the boxes, Santa's not going to give them the, the box, you know? Yeah, I understand that, yeah. But we, as regards the, the strategy and the methodology of shopping for Christmas, we, we had a caller during the week saying, I'm buying one present a week for the family now, not for Santa, obviously. Uh, but I'm buying one present a week and that takes the pain out of it with you know, kind of 11, 12 weeks to go. Doing that is great, but then you have to think, where can you hide them? Like children, if they knew presents were in the house, they go looking for them. And then some people can't afford to go away and buy a present every single week. Like the present I bought, I bought out of panic. It was 130 euros down from 160. Because I, in my head, I was like, if Okay, so you, you, you saw a gift advertised at 160, and one day when you passed it, it was 130. You said, oh, it's coming it down. I'll bag it straight away. Because I just said, if they if they wouldn't knock a thirty euros off of it and lead up to their price hike, how much is it going to go up to? Okay. So like, I proper panicked and I proper bought it, and like that's the biggest thing that the, the babies are going to get. Like, is yeah, okay. Well, present. at least that's that's one behind you anyway. But then, like, I've got a seven year, I've got eight week old baby and a seven week old son with special needs, and he's used to getting like big massive presents and. Just, it's not going to happen. Yeah, this, this year Santa is going to be a little tightened uh, because of the energy crisis and all of that and uh, get, getting the materials to the elves, shall we say. Oh, absolutely. Like, Santa, poor Santa, he's just going to be, like, really light this year. He plays. Okay. Uh, well, so, some of the comments here, I heard our town are not putting up Christmas lights in the street this year. A cold, dark Christmas for many when the people could do with a boost, says Ken. Oh, uh, it's going to be Completely, um, completely depressing Christmas. I can't, I can't see anyone putting up lights outside or anything. No Christmas lights or no nothing. It's going to be so sad and dark and dingy. Will town councils and, and corporations or, you know, the powers that be, be criticised this year for making their, uh, you know, the dark winter nights look a little more festive for Christmas? I'd say, yeah, people are going to complain if the lights don't go up and then people are going to complain <laughs> that we're wasting electricity if the lights do go up. So, like, they literally have... Nowhere to go. They can't do right and they can't do wrong. Okay. It's going to be a tough one for you. Or are you happy you'll get through it now with three months to go? Or less less than three? No. Like, I'm, I'm on my hand to benefit right now. Like, I don't get any of them boosts, any of them boosts that, you know, the government have claimed or whatever. So if I was at work leading up to Christmas, I would have done quite a few overtimes to, you know, make money for Christmas. So this year, I'm literally 
panicking. If I see a deal, I'm I'm panicking and like thinking, oh my God, how am I going to pay pay for that deal and just borrowing money? Like all my all my money is going on bills and then I'm panicking and buying some and I'm going, oh shoot, how am I going to pay that bill now because I just bought that? Yeah. All right, it's a, it's, it's a tough one. You are, of course, going to get uh, certain benefits that were announced in the budget, including the... Uh, well, are you, are you on pay as you no. go electricity? No. <laughs> okay, if you're on billed electricity, you're definitely getting the €200, Euro, and I'm sure the pay as you go will be sorted out uh, in the coming weeks before the Halloween payment. Lisa Marie, thank you very much. All right, bye-bye. Okay, uh, we seem to have hit a nerve here. Trish is on line two. Hi, Trish. Hi, how are you? Yeah, are you set up or are you worried for Christmas? Um, I'm actually very stressed out over Christmas because I can't afford to buy presents every week or put stuff away because like, I'm paying for my son's school and then I'm paying for his shopping every week and it's, the money's just not there. Like, just can't afford it. Yeah. So it's a stressful time for you? It is very stressful, yeah. And like, I have three other kids in as well like, and one of them then wants an iPhone for Christmas but but like I had to tell her out straight I just I can't get the iPhone for you because mm-hmm. I can't afford it like and are you in line for any of the large yes of, of the I'm going to get in, in trouble for for even <laughs> alluding to the fact that the government were generous uh, are you going to get any of the uh, the benefits that you know you're going to get the uh, the electricity one are you entitled to the Christmas bonus are you entitled um, to, to the double welfare I will get the double welfare and I will get the uh, electricity, but I won't get the bonus because I'm working and because I'm actually adult dependent on my partner, so I'm not entitled to the Christmas bonus. Okay, but there's something coming anyway to help you along yeah, the there way. Yeah, is, there is something coming, like it is the double social welfare, like uh, or the double children and then just my work pay as well. Like Yeah. So. Okay, well, we did... How, how, much, how much are you bringing into the house at the moment between you, if it's if it's so tough? Um, at the moment, I'm bringing in, like, all I'm getting, you know, like, I work part-time in work as a Newlands cleaner. So every two weeks I'm getting paid, which is only €112. Euro. And then weekly, then my top-up for my partner's money, then, is €134. Euro. That's all I'm getting off the top-up, like. So well, you must be entitled, then, to a partial social welfare payment, are you? Um, no, I've been into the social welfare office already and everything, and they said we're not entitled to anything. How, my partner is working. Oh, oh sorry. The, the double welfare payment you're talking about is the children's allowance, is it? Yeah, that's the okay. children's sorry allowance. Sorry about that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that's something, but uh, that's not a lot of money to be bringing in. And, and no, it's not. Like, I mean, like, I'm like, even the shop for the week for the kids, that cost me about maybe 80 euro a week. Like, and then I'm paying for their school as well, for their lunches for the school. Like, so there's not much left. Like, how much has the shop gone up over the last couple of months? Um,. It used to be about maybe 50 euro for the week and now it's gone up to about 80, maybe sometimes 90 euro. Things have gone very, very expensive, like. Okay. So you'll get through it. We didn't die winter yet, as they say. You're going to just chin up and bear it or what? I think I'm just, I'm literally just waiting on the double children allowance. That's what I'm going to use for my Christmas presents this year, like, because I can't afford to pay it out every week or pick up something every week. Yeah, when, when, when is that coming? Remind me. Um, it's supposed to be coming on the 27th of October or is the, the first Tuesday of November. Okay. We keep changing the date in it, like, so. But you'll, you'll have plenty of time, even if it is the first Tuesday of November. 
I know, yeah, I know. I think Santa will have a short list this year. Yeah, how, how, whatever about Santa, how much do you expect Christmas to cost you? Well, what would you be putting under the tree, not to mind the entertainment and the, the turkey and ham and stuff? Um, I'd say under the tree, I'd say it's going to cost at least maybe two over 200 like because even going into Smith's now, like, toys, the prices are constantly changing every week, you know. So are, are the major toy outlets uh, places you need to be watching as well for discounts and sudden price drops? Yeah. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I'm keeping an eye out. And even, like, if I have to go to charity shops to pick up something, I would, like, if it's new, like, in a box. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the, the charity shops are precluded now, I think, from taking some of the older toys, certainly anything electrical, anything yeah. w- maybe that have batteries that would leak. So uh, it's difficult to find good stuff there as well. Uh, Trisha, yeah. I, I wish you well navigating the whole situation. I know the, the double the bonus uh, for the children's yeah. allowance is going to help you. Uh, definitely. But, yeah, but... Uh, we wish you the best. Thank you, Neil. Thank you. Thanks a million. Thanks. Bye-bye. Cheers. Bye-bye. It's amazing. People think that even though I have a completely different voice that I'm Neil Prendival. Uh, it's an absolute disgrace. People have bills coming out their ears, uh, worry about over how to heat their homes, and now worried over Santa as well. It shouldn't be like this at all. What happened to helping people out in hard times? Big toy companies should be lowering their prices, not stressing people to buy sooner. They are tricking people to think there's a sale on when they're doubling and tripling their prices. It's disgusting, says Maura. This happens in a lot of shops, says Annette. Uh, they sneak the prices up and then have a half-price sale when it's back at the original price for a while. I've noticed this myself when eyeing something up. How are you meant to shop local and help local businesses when they do this? Sometimes it's cheaper to buy online from abroad even with the shipping. Thanks, Annette, for that. This government has gone so cruel in this country, we were probably happier with COVID lockdown. At least we were able to have a Christmas without worrying about the bill or the power cut, says Helen. Uh, this has opened up a lot of comment, actually. It's so scary, I noticed last night that my baby's main gift was €30 Euro cheaper. Uh, and very much like Lisa Maria, I went and bought it because I thought it was in the middle of a sort of a sales gimmick. But it was 160 I bought it for 130 Same price as well. And uh, I think I got a bargain. Uh, it's always been that way, just uh, nobody was really paying attention. Uh, shops increase, uh, then they have a sale, and lo and behold, it's not really a saving, says Naomi. Naomi, uh, the whole support local business has gone out the window with the amount of gouging that's been going on. Start buying gifts online now before shipping gets busy in December, says Milas. Uh, it's not really the businesses, lads, it's the profits. Ship will sail no matter what. Uh, but companies will hold off on sending ships until the tonnage reflects a massive profit. This war is going to cost a lot in fuel, so ships will wait until they are at a ship's capacity before departing. So, says Evan. Uh, I've no pressure with a three-year-old, but I can imagine all the parents with older children that are asking Santa for things people simply can't afford. It's heartbreaking, says Laura. I've been keeping an eye on things in Smith's online. I was worried about them being out of stock, and overnight they went up in price. That was before uh, before the warning. That shouldn't be allowed. They are the exact same dolls on the shelves day before, so it's not shipping costs. Uh, it's so annoying. Um, and that is from a concerned texter. I'm more worried about what these price hikes and the severe pressure is doing to people's mental health, says Karina. Very worried about Christmas. I swear it's too stressful just trying to make sure I have enough to actually be able to get some toys for the children. Then you get migraines from stressing yourself out completely, says Trish. And one more on the topic from Katrina. What is wrong with people? Uh, 20 euro two months ago. 
I would have bought it. I always use Tesco for toys. You get them reduced and you get the points for vouchers afterwards. And I use Argos, which I find uh, very good too. Uh, and sometimes, because I price watch, I get great bargains in Smiths. Uh, those are the texts. You can keep texting on 0868104106 or call the program on 0818104106. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818104106. Cork's Red FM. And a very good morning to you. Now, the regular business of a Friday Neil Prenderville show is always interrupted, of course, with the very generous giveaway we have from, uh, as a welcome interruption, uh, with our Free Food Friday from Roosters Piri Piri. And uh, the texts are coming in. We can take a few more. If you want to get in touch, 0868104106. Tell us who you are, where you're working, how many people are there, and you could have some fantastic food winging its way to you uh, at lunchtime today. Of course, Roosters Piri Piri are in Douglas and in Blackpool. You can check them out on roosterspiripiri.com. And we're going to feed 15 people today with their basted famous medium piri piri sauce on all of the meats with piri salted fries, rice, garlic, piri piri mayo, beef skewers, chicken skewers, chicken wraps, you name it, it's all going to be there. Platters and platters of food. But I must mention our Glentree Furniture Centre competition again because now we're not opening the lines right now for the uh, behind the sofa but we do need to get some big friends fans uh, to face off against each other. We're going to pick ultimately two people. Please don't call us if you're not a fan of friends because the questions are very friends specific. But the prize is well worth winning. It's €1,958 worth of a Lazy Boy Spectator Chair, which is the special Friends one as well. Uh, This is the one uh, where the uh, Joey and Chandler famously fell in love with, if you remember that episode on Friends. So if you are a Friends fan, uh, then give us a call on 0868104106. Not much point coming on uh, and embarrassing yourself if you're not a Friends fan because we have some... Pretty difficult friends' questions, and uh, they're warranted to be difficult because of the value of the prize, €1,958 to give away with the Glentree Furniture Centre in Dunmanway. And there you can find armchairs, corner sofas, sideboards, beds, mattresses, wardrobes, uh, chests, lamps, pictures, rugs, carpet, flooring... You name it, it's all there at lentryfurniture.ie. So give us a call on 0818 if you want to take part in the competition, the head-to-head competition for friends with Glentree Furniture Centre. Uh, okay then, we have uh, more texts coming through to the programme. Uh, let's get to some of those right now. Uh, hate speech. This is uh, off-topic, but a uh, topic we did cover. I make the legitimate concerns of the Irish people, which saw landslide decision returned in the 2004 citizenship referendum, have never been addressed by advocates of mass immigration and multiculturalism. Rather, they sp- have spent the intervening years milit- militantly dissuading Irish men and women from expressing such borne-out concerns by labelling anyone who does so as racist, far-right or xenophobic, culminating with the impending introduction of so-called hate speech legislation. Always uh, socially active there, Richie and Toker. Thanks for that, Richie. Uh, On the pressing problem of power, if the power goes off, I have no power and I have no water. It doesn't cost €35 to charge an electric car. I own one. And I drove to Dublin and back to Cork last week for €18. Get these idiots off the radio. And another day, Mick was saying the same thing about the €40 charge which was probably the Tesla charger being used by a non 
one Tesla car. There was a fertiliser plant in Cove one time. The European Union closed it and now they're looking for an importing fertiliser. Denmark has a similar population to us and a hell of a lot more data centres than us. They have no electricity problems, nor are they facing electrical supply issues, says Pat. Uh, And maybe they have nuclear power, I'm not sure, but that could be one of the issues there. Now, on the subject of weddings, let's go to line two and to Helen. Hi, Helen. Hi, how are you? I'm good, how are you? Not too bad. Now, is the wedding invitation today a dreaded thing to come through the letterbox? Um, it is, because like at the end of the day, like first of all, you get the wedding invitation in the door and then you go, oh my God, we were going, we're going to a wedding. And then you sit back and you think, right, it's probably 200, 250 euros for a present or giving in cash. Or then you have to, if you have children, you have a babysitter, then you have your clothes. And Will it be fair to say it's like a thousand euro demand coming through the letterbox? Well, it is, yeah. Like, and, and still, if you do get the invitation and you're not going, you still have to give, you know, you probably still have to give 150 euros, maybe 100 euros as a gift, kind of a thank you gift, you know, for the invitation. Yeah, w- would that go over 100 if you didn't go? Um, I suppose not over 100, like, but I suppose you'd give um, maybe one for all voucher up to the value of 100 euros, maybe, or, you know, you don't give these kettles and microwaves and things anymore, like, or toasters or... You know. Yeah, so let, let, let's break down the cost. He'll probably go in a suit he's already worn ten times. She'll probably want to get a new Guna. Mm. Is that fair? That'd be fair, yeah. Okay, that, that'd be like it is in your house. Yeah, and like like you're saying, the new Guna, like you... Um, have to get shoes? Like, you'd have to get shoes. Accessorise it, handbag? It's a whole lot. You can't, just can't go to pennies, like... Hair, hair <laughs> and makeup on the days if you were going to your hair. own wedding? Yeah, the whole lot. Have to look the best. You're really talking about a thousand euros, do you know what I mean, to kit yourself out in the whole lot. Probably 200 for a hotel for one night if you're not staying for two. A lot of the weddings are over a weekend now for two nights. You'll get a discount because of the uh, the wedding being there. Uh, But I imagine two nights would cost you the bones at 350 or 400 euro anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would, yeah. Well, my son out today, they actually have a wedding, my son and his girlfriend, like, and do you know, like that, as I say, you have the... um, you know, it's not that they're dreading going, like they're looking forward to going, like, but it's still an expense, like, you know. Okay, and and of course, then there's the there's the drinks, there's the pre-drinks, there's drinks after dinner, there's the dancing drinks. So and then if you're a resident, there's the the sing-song drinks. Yeah, and then as well, if you smoke on top of that, like you're talking about, say you're buying extra fags because you're having extra drink. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, well, I suppose that's that's all that that, all, that comes with the smokers' territory, I guess. Yeah, 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 yeah. It does, yeah. Uh, tra- travel to and from the wedding? So, yeah, you do the travel like bar, they have a bus or whatever, do you know? Possibly Books burning like, up a, a holiday day or two? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, get, I suppose at the end of the day, like if you can't afford a holiday, you can't afford to go to a wedding. Well, that's true. You, you get you get a lot of a holiday for the price of, of going to a wedding now. Um, so I, I wonder, do our listeners dread the thought of a wedding invite coming through the doors? There's too much pressure on people, I wonder, to attend and give a generous gift. And on the subject of gifts... What would you spend these days? Is 200 now too scanty? Well, 200 euros, I suppose, for a couple going to a wedding, I suppose, would be, you know, would be normal, like, you know, my, like my, there was um, a friend of mine got married there uh, last January and my daughter went to the wedding and, like, we were invited, but it was up to country, so we couldn't go. And, uh, like, my daughter gave 200 for herself and her partner and we just put 100 euros into a card as well, you know, so. Uh, okay. <laughs> 
it's it's difficult it's difficult to come to a figure on what it would actually cost you. Now, of, co- of course, the, the the wedding present, be it cash or whatever, is like your ticket, your ticket to get into a concert. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like that's okay. That ticket is valid. In you go and enjoy yourself. Yeah. And and yeah, then yeah. and then the bride and groom are delighted to see you because you you have a valid ticket. Uh, and yeah. then and then it becomes more the um, the pleasure of your presence as a special and dear friend or family member uh, to to the bride and groom who are spending probably fifty grand to create memories and photographs. Yeah, you're probably like as I said, you're probably like with the two hundred euros, like a hundred of that is probably covering your meal for the bride and groom, do you know what I mean, for them to cover your meal like. And you know, it's it is very expensive like. Do you think that I, I, do you think that Irish brides and grooms uh, and same sex couples will will gravitate towards something a little more uh, select as regards numbers, close family, couple of best friends, and something a little more exotic than uh, leaving everything to the risk of weather here, and and you know with with the hotel prices the way they are right here right now. Yeah, well, I think a lot of people now are actually going out far to get married, like, and they're just having a family if you can't afford to go. You know, you just can't afford to go, like. But then they're having their kind of reception either before they go or when they come back. Yeah. Which is just you know? a drinks reception or, a, or a, a buffet or something like that. Yeah, when they come back, like so, like like that's more that's money again for for you because you're probably you weren't going to the wedding itself, but you'll probably go to the buffet after, so you'll still have to give a present, like. Okay. And as regards Christmas, uh, I hate to be talking about Christmas so early. It's only at the start of October, for God's sake. Are you sorted? You seem like a very methodical person. Are you sorted budgetary wise for all the expense of uh, the festive season? Well, I don't have any, well I, well, I do have kids, but they're grown up like, but um, I think the expense, I think the real expense now at the moment is uh, the fee. Yeah. You know, the price of lights now putting up, I don't think households will be putting up as much lights and Christmas decorations and especially like if they're threatening power cuts, you could get a power cut Christmas day, like, and they're on about, you know, expense, just say your ESP, just say putting on their turkey, like, I'd say people will be <laughs> getting smaller turkeys because there'll be less time in the oven. Maybe, or, or putting in two smaller ones, or, or, yeah. or, you know, or just buying the turkey crown or two small turkey crowns and putting them in. Yeah, or you can, like, there's a place in Caritula, you can actually buy your turkey cooked and your ham cooked, and you can buy your spuds and you can buy the whole lot done. Cooked. Okay. And do, do you think no. people will be cooking earlier this year, maybe on the 23rd or 24th, just to have it ready and maybe... Uh, you, you know, look, you're, you're not going to be in a power cut all day Christmas Day. That'll be the yeah. biggest thing they'll try to avoid. E- even any one or two hour blackouts would spoil Christmas for a lot of people. But do you think many yeah. people will say, oh, you know something, I'm going to cook everything on Christmas Eve. Uh, and if we only have intermittent power, at least I can surrender to the microwave or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. I suppose there are people who like a lot of going on through the years, a lot of people would cook their turkey before Christmas Day, like, you know, they'd have it cooked and just ready to... But, like, it's going to cost you the same Christmas Eve as well as going to cost Christmas Day to cook it, so... Yeah, can I, can I just put this out there as well? Do you know the way often uh, on St. Stephen's Day that the uh, the turkey and the trimmings, uh, they all taste that little bit more succulent? Or, I don't know, maybe it's just being marinating overnight in its own Christmas goodness, I don't know. Um, but I, I, I'm aware that the Polish contingent who live in Ireland have their Christmas dinner on the evening of the 24th. And all of yeah, that cooking hassle and all of that stuff that goes on in the kitchen, which makes Christmas a pressure day for the Irish, many of the Irish anyway, uh, is gone. And they chill out and they relax through Christmas Day 
Uh, and of course they have the, the seconds, which invariably taste better. I don't know why. Uh, wouldn't that be a nicer way to approach Christmas? Have the big thing over on Christmas Eve and enjoy yourself and relax and put the feet up on Christmas Day. I don't know, it's really not a tradition, you know, you're breaking a tradition then going to come down to the years, like Christmas Day is Christmas Day and Christmas dinner is Christmas dinner on Christmas Day. Do you know? Okay. So, um, our, I don't our, like... I, our producer sorry. Kevin has uh, has had that Polish Christmas Eve dinner. It's Is it called Wigilia or Wiglia? Oh, I couldn't know. I don't know. <laughs> okay, Wigilia and... Uh, Okay, that uh, seems to be a good thing anyway. Uh, right then, we leave, we leave you there, Helen. Thanks a million. Okay. Cheers, thanks. Lots Thank of questions guys. out there. Uh, do you dread those? Thanks. Uh, do you dread those wedding invitations coming through the door? How much is it going to cost you? All in all, how much would you uh, put towards a present uh, without being considered a little bit on the tight side? Uh, and weddings and Christmas and the whole lot got discussed there. And we'll go out, move on now to Rachel. Hi, Rachel. Hi, Nick. How are you? I'm very good. Always amazed at the direction this program takes. <laughs> Anything can happen, yeah. which is brilliant. That's so, not a bad thing. Okay. Now, you haven't been on holiday in 18 years. No, I haven't. I am, I'm a full-time carer. I have three children on the autism spectrum um, from the age of 7 to 18. And I'm also a full-time carer for my husband, who has four life-threatening illnesses amongst other health issues as well so we don't have the, the funds I suppose to be able to kind of take off at the drop of a hat or, or anything like that. Rachel I, I'm just blown away immediately with the first couple of sentences at the enormous burden that you carry. It's yeah it's tough but some days it does get to you um, but How could it not? Of, no so I try not to let it and keep myself busy but uh, what, what does your normal yeah, day enta- entail? You, you, you must be on your feet 18 hours a day, are you? <laughs> I try not to be. Um, no, I've um, one in mainstream in primary school um, at the moment. She gets absolutely fantastic uh, support there because it's only 32 in the whole school. Um, so it's fantastic. Um, I've another one has just started secondary school. So he's gone from being in that small school to public school, which has at over 1,000 students and my eldest has just started college doing animation. Okay, so are things slightly easier now than they were when they were all younger? Definitely, definitely. Having said that, the youngest, um, she would be the work of the two boys alone already. Um, She had assessments done and we were told not so long ago they don't stand because they were one hour assessments, so... Um, she still has to be assessed for ADHD yet, and we're waiting on those results. But okay. she's she's a tough one. She's she's a lot to handle. So yeah. you've never been on holiday in eighteen years, either away no. on your own with your husband or away no. with your husband and your children. No, <laughs> I was pregnant when we got married uh, nineteen years ago, so I wasn't allowed to fly. So our honeymoon was in Killarney, but that's as far as we kind of got. Um, I think when my first child was born, we had a week in Faha, and we haven't actually had a holiday since. That was eighteen years ago. And is is it is it down to affordability or just the unsuitability of travel for the children, or what? A bit of both. Um, my eldest son, when he was two and a half, he had uh, well, he still has it. He's eighteen now. A condition called hemolymphangioma. 
and um, so he's been he's been kind of 13 years up and down to Crumlin um, and he's in Tallow Hospital now he's had three surgeries done on his shoulder um, but it basically attacked his immune system so what would take us a week to get a full blown let's say flu he would have in less than 24 hours and more often than not he'd have to go to UH because his oxygen levels would drop lower than a body in the morgue so he would have to have 24 hours of uh, oxygen supply um, and antibiotics and, and the whole lot. So it would literally happen so quick that you couldn't plan plan anything. Um, they were so unpredictable, you know, um, and that could happen every two weeks. Wow, that's a... That's really, yeah. really astounding. That um, yeah. Um, so e- even e- even if some even if someone in in their kindness offered you a holiday, uh, would would that still have to be somewhere on this island? Um, it probably would have to be close by because with my eldest daughter, um, she is very, very finicky with who she stays with. Um, now, I have a stepdaughter, my my, my um, husband's daughter. Um, she used to stay with her, no problems, but now it's a case of she's a bit weary of taking her because her meltdowns are just off the rails. Um, she has a son who's three. Um, when she's in that mode, she doesn't see anything. She will even say she wouldn't see people. She wouldn't see items. She will break anything that's in her path. She will throw things. She will hit, kick, you know, and she doesn't take in whether it's a child or whether it's a person. She will just, anybody that goes near her, anything that's not screwed or tied down, she will throw, she will break. Um, so it's kind of, for me personally, I'd say it's tough and almost, I'd feel embarrassed if she actually had an outbreak. I can't begin to well, imagine how tough it, it must be for you. And is there any option... I know the kids haven't had a holiday either, Rachel, but is there any option for yourself and your husband to slip away? Is there any element of care that could be comfortably given to the children that they would accept to allow you guys away for a few days? Well, at the moment, he's um, he's been in and out of hospital the last 12 months. He was diagnosed with cancer last September. Um, And he's been in and out of Dublin. He's had several surgeries. And he's currently waiting for reconstruction of his face before Christmas. So um, he has sleep apnea, he's got heart disease, he's got uh, a triple A so we can't, he can't fly with that because it's mm. growing quite rapidly. Um, some days he can't walk because he's got all the facets in his back are soft and he has to get pain management for that. Um, and it, it can affect his legs. Sometimes he doesn't have feeding in his legs, so he can't walk. We've had the house modified for him um, to get around. So it's it's um, it's he could he could have a good week, and we say, yeah, you're having a good spell. We'll organise to go somewhere, and two days beforehand, his back could go again, and that's it. He's in the bed then for another week. So it's it's uh, it's hard to actually plan anything. I, I understand. Yeah. I'm just trying to comprehend how you're getting through it day by day. Through through all of this and, and through all of the weight that you're carrying in support of your family, Rachel, uh, you also wanted to mention the price of toys because uh, your eagle eye has spotted something uh, that you feel listeners should know about. Yeah, 
Yes, definitely. Um, I've noticed with the toys and things coming in uh, to Tesco at the moment, you know, I've obviously I've got Santa Claus and what have you. Um, now, there was a toy that I bought a couple of weeks ago for my daughter. Um, now, it was in Smith for €29, Euro, not on sale. I've seen it in other catalogues, the same price, not on sale. Um, so I, I bought it. Now, I saw the exact same one in Tesco um, for €64. Euro, but if you have a club card, you can get it for €32. Um, now, also, I have a son who's mad into Lego and things. Little, I used to get them every second week as a treat for them for homework bonuses and things. Um, a little box. It has like six pieces of Lego that make a car or a figure or whatever. They only used to be about six euros. They're gone up to 16 euros. Um, the LOL dolls, they come in a little ball with bits and pieces in it. I they know them, 15, yeah. gone up to 22 euros. Um, you know, absolutely ridiculous. It's It's gone nuts. It's gone nuts. You know, and if you look in Smith, you'll get the exact same thing for less than half. Yeah, maybe it's a, pr- you know? a promotion to get people to get club cards, and it gives the uh, impression of value. When, when if you're if you're price comparing, you find the value elsewhere, which is probably the the advice. That's not to say that Tesco don't have fantastic bargains themselves. Uh, but I, I think we're coming into a Christmas era where people will be a lot more savvy shoppers. Yes, Rachel, I, I, I must leave you there. My heart goes out to you with all you have to do every day. And, and you haven't complained once. You're just stating facts. Uh, yeah, look at it. Complaining, um, make it's not going to do anything at the end of the day. So, uh, you know, you have to kind of put your best foot forward. And I suppose the way I look at it, I have to stay strong for the boys and for my husband and whatever. Because if a fight fall down, then, you know, it's not yeah. good to them. So you kind of have to put on the brave face and keep going. You've got a huge heart, but your family are only that heartbeat away from complete disaster. Take care of yourself. Is there Thank anything you. we can do for you as as regards uh, some of the charity shops we're in touch with and some of the, uh, like Keith, our, our, our listener, uh, who's literally giving away a, a whole attic full of toys. I'm sure he'd be delighted to, to help you if that's what you want. Maybe it's not. Uh, well, I have Tyler kind of more or less sorted out. There's nothing big that she really wants apart from a, a hoverboard. <laughs> but... Um, other than that, the smaller bits and pieces I kind of pick up every week okay. so I have her nearly yeah. sorted out. So yeah. the boys course, then be, they're teenagers, it's just clothes and a few yeah. bits and pieces. And so Santa will I'm, sort the rest. I'm kind of budgeting bit by bit and I'm kind of managing a little bit that way, but I think it's more so the other bills will say, we've got trips coming up to Dublin, I will have to spend five weeks with Dave going up and down to Dublin when he has his surgery. Um, Rachel, yes, i got to go, but your, your, your tenacity is nothing short of humbling. Thank you very much for coming on the air this morning. Thank you very Thanks. much, Mick. Cheers. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 0818-104-106. Red FM. And just a quick reminder that in the next hour, our 200 euro voucher will be given out. The final one of the week for Glentree Furniture Centre. They're a family-run business in Dunmanway with customer service paramount to their business ethos. And there's a huge selection of everything you'll need for the house or for the office. Corner sofas, armchairs, uh, larger sofas, tables and chairs, carpets, flooring. Uh, just checking them out online. Some of the gorgeous brands they stock include Sherbourne, 
Born, Lazy Boy, Respite, Stressless, Natural Sleep and more. And it's Lazy Boy we're going to give it, uh, be giving away. We've two kind of competitions in the next hour for Glentry Furniture Centre and we're looking for friends, fans and advocates. If you like the programme, if you know a little bit about it, uh, then have a listen. Uh, call us in please at 0818 104 106. But if you don't want to take part in that competition, but you do want to win a 200 euro voucher. I found out when it was online, like when it hit the news. I knew he would sell my music. I knew he would do that. We'll open the lines on that one in the next hour, but News at 11 is next. I'm Lana O'Connor. Red FM News is first for local, national and international news. And you can stay up to date by tuning into our hourly news bulletins or by clicking on redfm.ie. 104 to 106 Red FM This is the Neil Frienderville Show And so much housekeeping to get through to hand the show back in uh, in fine fettle to Neil on Monday morning uh, On the wedding invitations let's get, uh, let's get through those texts Count yourself lucky to be invited I've not been to a wedding in years Even recent weddings of whom I thought were friends I didn't get invited It's an honour to have someone want you at their wedding says John Yes it is an honour We were just talking about the cost of it all John uh, I love a good old wedding uh, and been to so many over the years it's easy to put an outfit together between wraps uh, dresses bags and shoes it's a matter of a wedding gift really because we all get hair nails and makeup done uh, without going to a wedding so just enjoy the day and wish the couple well says Margaret personally I love weddings says Sheila yes it's a big bill but at the same time it's more than a bill it's part of life I suppose you have your child or children to sort out first organising a childminder is a problem because if it's a long way away you'll be staying overnight and if you have family living long distance from you it can be a chore thanks for that Sheila just decline and move on it's not a summons it's an invitation to celebrate the couple's special day says Christine and I do like wedding invitations not like a total stranger is going to invite you to their big day I'd rather get an invite rather than my third call for jury duty in 10 years in November uh, you got to do your civic duty, Jane, but three times in ten years sounds like uh, you deserve an exemption at this stage of your life. Now, our Free Food Friday is upon us once again. Each and every Friday, we have Roosters, Piri Piri and Douglas and Blackpool offering just an enormous amount of food. It's never wasted. Uh, I know that the, the people who ring and text in, uh, well, text in actually, uh, always, if they're a small crew, will distribute to other workers in the area. So... Uh, nothing goes to waste. But our winners will get a selection of starters consisting of chicken wings, chicken skewers and beef skewers, a selection of mains including chicken wraps, chicken pitas and beef burgers, all meats basted in their famous medium piri-piri sauce and they'll also throw in piri-salted fries, rice and the newest side which is waffle fries. Also portions of piri-mayo and garlic piri-mayo and as a special treat you can choose to build your own cheesecake with a selection of toppings like Kinder Bueno sauce, Kinder Pieces, Nutella and lots, lots more. Check it all out on roosterspiripiri.com And Brothers of Charity, day service staff would love to win this. Alan Barry, Plumbing and Heating, based in Carrigaline at the moment. Bossard in Eastgate Drive, Little Island. Please, we're starving. I doubt that, Billy. Dennis McGee in St. Stephen's Ward, St. Finbar's Hospital. All the hardworking nurses and carers were starving too. All about uh, gorgeous at Black Rock. Our amazing supervisor has gotten engaged. It'd be the perfect way to be able to celebrate her today for all the help and support she's given us all. She really is a superstar. Lunch for everyone at Abbeyville Vets. Uh, working hard to keep all the pets in Cork fit healthy and looking great. Keith Kelly Cars and all uh, who work and support them, they are in Whitechurch in Cork. Uh, Keith Kelly Cars Limited looking for Free Food Friday. Power Aggregates Limited, Carrick Tool wish you all a happy Friday. Wet and hungry, hard-working crew here would love to be fed some hot, delicious food 
All the staff working hard at Specsavers in Wilton would love a free lunch from Roosters and a birthday lunch for Alison to share. Morning all and happy smiles all day from all at Soma Coffee Roaster, the black market in Monaghan Road. We tune into your show every day and we love the up-to-date touch of Cork. Uh, keep up the good work. We serve coffee 9 to 6 and also roast our own brand, Soma Coffee. Uh, thanks. We were looking at the cost of coffee, actually. Maybe I'll... Maybe you will, maybe I won't get to it between now and 12 midday. Uh, but for those who think there's massive, massive profit in coffee, uh, we have a coffee purveyor uh, who would question that. Uh, if we get to playing that uh, very short one minute uh, cost of a cup of coffee, I will between now and 12. But back to Free Food Friday. Good morning, Mick. It's my second to last chance to win Free Food Friday for Lehan Motors by the airport roundabout. I'm finishing up next Friday and starting work in Limerick. No name on that one. But good morning, Make Happy Friday. We'd love some roosters. Arthur, is it? Arthur. Okay, it's Arthur. See, they're on top of things here at the production team. Uh, we love some roosters here at Impact Ireland Metals in Glenmire. We enter every week. We love to win. Free Food Friday, please. Uh, we love some hot food. Starving at Sheehan. Plumbing and heating. How come everyone's starving on a Friday morning? Uh, we are hardworking lads. We could do with a hot meal as we're working outdoors in the rain today. The radio is on in the van and is keeping us sane. We love to win Free Food Friday for our busy working lads here. That's from Anne. Uh, at Motherway Agri Free Food Friday for the staff at Slimming World and Frankfield and Grange because they're simply amazing support to us and especially Linda uh, Colette, Deirdre, Claire they're one in a million FTC accountants in Wellington Road we love some warm delicious food to share around the office uh, Happy Friday to all at Ross Oils and Fernands and I want to nominate the staff on the ground floor of Haven Bay Nursing Home in Kinsale who look after my mother Frances Carney that's from Amanda Carney in Bandon and one more for now. Happy Friday from Claire, Edmund and Aoife and all the hard-working team at National Seaways uh, looking after all your shipping, warehousing and customs clearance needs uh, at the port in Tivoli. And that's our Free Food Friday. We'll get back to uh, more shout-outs and our winners between now, of course, and uh, 12 midday. But to line two and to Patrick. Good morning, Patrick. Good morning, Mick. How are you? I'm, I'm good. We're a little under pressure. It's the, the last hour and Neil is coming back on Monday. We have to clear the decks, as it were, and leave it in good shape, you know? People yeah. are struggling for Christmas, Patrick. You'd empathise with them? Oh, I empathise severely. I mean, everyone seems to forget we're all in this boat together. I mean, we've been through hard times before, and just because people can't see the end of the light now, take COVID, for example, look at us two years ago and look at us now again, just as an example. This, this seems to be an a never-ending array of punches uh, that are coming our way. We were bored to death with the mechanics of Brexit. Uh, and then it started to have teeth. We started to have problems with the Northern Ireland Protocol and a proposed new border and shipping and customs and all of that kind of thing. Uh, and then we had a huge, huge gap in our lives with uh, the pandemic. And people now, you know, with the war and with everything else that's there, now the massive inflation and the huge increase in, increase in energy prices, some of them are half-wishing for the sanity and the quietness of being around loved ones at home with restricted movement in the pandemic. But we haven't had it easy. But, I mean, if you, if you take, for example, as I said previous, going back to COVID, COVID ended on a Friday and the war started on a Monday. You have to ask yourself, what is the biggest alternative here? It's like going through COVID like many of us did. We were all saying to each other, what is the next big thing coming? And we got our answer, war. What yeah. can be the pandemic? War. So, yeah. I mean, you have to The, the war would have started now. earlier if, if, Russian, if Russia had exited the, uh, the Winter Olympics, I think. Exactly, but you ask yourself... They were going on in China, if you remember. Exactly, yeah. And you ask yourself, why didn't that happen? There has to be a bigger alternative here, like... 
what is going on behind the scenes that we're being told, but we're also being left out in the dark with. But it's the Irish people and the whole world is affected at this stage. It's not just war on Ireland, it's war all over the world. Everyone is suffering. But people seem to forget, I mean, we have been through hard times, but I mean, go back to World War Two times, what did they think when they seen war at that time? Go back to World War One. they're probably in the same predicament we're in now. It's just worse and worse is going to get. But we came out the other end of COVID, but just because people can't see it now, we will prevail out the other side with this as well. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm taking it from your conversation that you're trying always to look on the bright side, that we're still alive, we're still here, we still have family and loved ones around us, we're going to go through a, you know, a straightened winter, if you like. We're going to be watching ourselves, watching the bills. We will, we'll have, to, we'll have to tighten our belts. But look, as they say, if we have family and friends around us, that's all that matters. I mean, I've, I can speak from personal experience. It's my sister's anniversary today. She passed away a year ago to, to cancer. And Sorry to hear that. My mother passed away five months later this March through to cancer as well. So it really does make things into perspective as to what an outlook you do take on life. As I say, today is guaranteed, tomorrow is not promised. So it's going to live for today. People kind of seem to lose light on that. And it's like they're looking to next week and they're looking to Christmas. But sure, I mean, you might be here tomorrow. So all the worrying and stress, it's like a good thing herself told me last night was... Don't worry yourself or stress yourself over a job if you're dead that you'll be replaced with in a week. You'll be replaced with in a week, you will. You know know what's a good good barometer for the the economic um, position of the country is the Late Late Toy Show. Do you remember in recession, they would kind of pricey down the, the fancy toys and the expensive toys and go for the more familial ones and the board games and that kind of thing. Do you think, yeah. now, I'm saying this and I'm very aware that the businesses out there under increased insurance and especially energy costs are going to need a kind of a bumper Christmas themselves to get through the winter. But do you think we should have more of a familial Christmas with maybe less gifts under the tree for each it other? It would be a good idea, but I was, asked, I was actually chuckling to myself a while ago. Instead of people giving each other Christmas gifts now, they're going to be giving each other 20 euro to take that off the ESP bill. <laughs> get, get, get electricity vouchers, is it? Yeah, exactly. It's looking that way. But I mean, yeah, if people tend to, they're not going to be able to splash out. I mean, I heard you on the radio there this morning. One woman's son wanted an iPhone. But I mean, you have to be realistic too. It's not going to happen this year and it may happen next year. It's it's the same thing again. We're going to have to do the best of what we can. Well, you're keeping a positive attitude anyway. What's your attitude and sentiment going into Christmas because you've lost two my of your, your nearest and dearest. Will Christmas be a celebratory time for you this year? Oh, well, it will. As I say, I'm currently working for DPD so we've worked through all out the pandemic so if anyone knows and the rest on post, FedEx, to name a few, They've all been through it, but we didn't look for any gratitude. We just put our heads down and got on with it. It's be the same thing with what's going on in the world. We'll just put our heads down and try and get on with it the best we can. Well, in your business, you're definitely going to be working right up to Christmas. Yeah, definitely. Mm. But sure, look, as they say, this day will end too, along with Christmas. It'll come and go in a few January before we know it. Well, the, we have to stay on the bright side of life, as they say. There's an old saying you remind me of, Patrick, and, and it's about fear. F-E-A-R. It has two meanings and two mechanics. One is forget everything and run. And the other yeah, is the other face up. everything and rise. Exactly. It's only a problem if it's seen as a problem. There's a solution to every problem. Einstein said it best. Okay. Thanks a million, Patrick.
Thanks a million, Mick. Have a good day. Cheers. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Now, we're going we're gonna to open the lines any moment now for our competition because we have two to do uh, in this hour for Glentry Furniture in Dunmanway. And we're asking you to identify the mystery person behind the Glentry Furniture sofa. Have another listen. I found out when it was online, like when it hit the news. I knew he would sell my music. I knew he would do that. I couldn't believe who he sold it to very muffled there and there's somebody moving around on the couch to distract you just that little bit more. Lines are open right now. Uh, they're open on 0818 We'll take caller number 12 or 13 or 14 if uh, those people hang up like they did yesterday. Uh, 200 euro voucher to spend with Glentry Furniture in Dunmanway. No point calling it unless you know, of course, who the uh, mystery person is because we're going to ask you that live on air. But Glentry Furniture Centre are a family-run business in Dunmanway. They deserve your support for Christmas. It's not as if they don't have enough of a range. They have an absolutely enormous range of everything you might need from all of the top brands in furniture. Uh, but this particular opening of the competition is for a 200 euro voucher for Glentry Furniture. Correctly identify who the mystery person is behind the sofa and be caller number 12. Our lines are open right now and we'll come back to that in a moment. I'm interested because Kevin said that he had been uh, to one of those Polish Christmas Eve full Christmas celebrations. It's called again to get it correct? Vigilia is uh, the, the correct pronunciation which I think comes from vigil. Okay, um, yeah, because so W is pronounced V yeah. in Polish and, and, and V is pronounced W. Oh, does the, the Polish pronunciation as to the words is absolutely nothing like you think. I mean, do you know the the place where you always see the flights Rocklaw, you see it pronounced this? Yeah. That's pronounced Wrocław. Okay. Even though it's C-L-A- it's, it's W R O K L A W. Yeah, but it's suave is how C L A that the C L O W is pronounced. It, the, the Polish pronunciation never fails to amaze me. Yeah. Um, beautiful language, though. Oh my God, gorgeous when you hear it spoken. But it's one of those that you know it doesn't look like what it sounds like at all. It's a bit well, more when like I hear English. Polish speak, people speaking together, I can only imagine it, it's what it like. It's like for a Dublin person to hear two pure corkies <laughs> in, in full flight because the speed is just it, it's something I. Even if you knew the words. Well, I used to always say to people that would come over here speaking English to learn English. If you can learn English in Cork, you can learn English anywhere uh, because we speak so fast. And as my, da- as my dad always says, if you can drive in Cork, you can drive anywhere. If you can drive down Blarney Street, you can drive anywhere in the world. Um, but let, yeah, let, let's, I, look, let's look at this, uh, this particular celebration of Christmas, which I think makes a lot of sense. To get the work in on, on uh, you know, the cooking and the pro- provisioning for the family and preparing all of the, you know, the festive ingredients and the turkey and the ham or whatever the Polish have, um, if we were to do all of that on Christmas Eve, and I know some people do, some people have everything ready just to be heated on Christmas Day, but it gives a more relaxed run at Christmas Day rather than the stress that many Irish families go through. Yeah, I mean, they also, the Poles do something on Christmas Day, even though it's slightly less, I suppose, grandioso than the Vigilia dinner. Now, I, like, it's funny that people say it's Polish Christmas because obviously Christmas Day is still Christmas Day in Poland, but it's just all the celebrating and the big dinner happens on Christmas Eve, which is the Vigilia. And I, yeah, I was really lucky to be invited to one, uh, a family one, uh, I think it was two or three years ago. And I was really just, I was kind of blown away by just the spread. Like, you know, we talk about, um, you know, like uh, our own Christmas and we have the turkey and ham and all the trimmings and et cetera, et cetera. But I mean, they have 12 different separate dishes for the 12 different apostles that were there on Christmas Day like 12 entirely separate you're not talking about like oh I'll throw the spuds in and I'll throw a few veggies in with them as well it's they are all separately made meals um, to be consumed so there's like that, that's amazing you know so like, I, I think we should all 
endeavour to get invited to a Polish person's dinner <laughs> on Christmas Eve and invite yeah. them to our house yeah. on Christmas Day. Polish Christmas and an Indian wedding, those are the two highlights for me, I have to say. Guess um, what? Guess what? Nobody can guess the, uh, the celebrity behind the sofa. It's too hard, this one. You think so? Too hard, this one. How am I going to give a clue here? Someone who released a lot of songs about breakups. It might cause you a lot of trouble. Nope. Someone who released a lot of songs about breakups. That's your hint. Uh, and uh, thanks, Kev, for t- uh, talking about Vigilia, is it? Yeah, Vigilia. And just, uh, yeah, I definitely highly recommend. I just um, thought if I slurred so- it, you'd, it would sound good. Vigilia. Yeah. <laughs> Just say it quick enough and nobody knows the difference. <laughs> All right. Th- thanks a million for that explanation of what happens uh, in Polish families on the 24th and they get a clear run at Christmas Day. And I think there may be some sense in what they're doing. All right, then we'll come back to our competition in a moment. I've given you a clue. It's a person who has released lots of songs about breakups. Get it off your chest. Text The Neil Brinderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Red FM. And a very good morning at 25 minutes past 11. Is Valerie Hogan on line one? Hi, Valerie. Hi, how are you? Very good. Could you have got this without the hint? No. You couldn't have. <laughs> okay, well, let's listen again and see if you can now, with the hint, identify the uh, celebrity behind the Glentry Furniture Sofa. I found out when it was online, like when it hit the news. I knew he would sell my music. I knew he would do that. I couldn't believe who he sold it to. I have to admit, it's very hard to decipher. Who is it? Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift, it is uh, a lady who released a lot of songs about breakups, and that's kind of making her career <laughs> very niche. <laughs> but she has, hasn't she? Now, 200 euro yeah, voucher yeah. is yours to spend with Lentry French in Dunmanway. You can spend it online. Uh, or if you fancy going down, you'll probably get a better representation of just how wide a range of furniture they have. Uh, Valerie, glentryfurniture.ie, or take the drive uh, and check out the great brands like Natural Sleep, Stressless, Darrow, Respa, Lazy Boy, Sherborne, along with many more. So well done, and enjoy that 200 euro voucher. You're the last of, of our uh, five winners for the week. Thanks a million. Thanks so much. Thanks. Bye bye. And we Thank will you. we will Bye-bye. be revisiting one more competition with uh, the Neil Prendival Show and Lentry Furniture Centre in Dunmanway. It's the big one. We've got the Lazy Boy Spectator Chair to give away, worth nineteen hundred and fifty eight euro. If you're a Friends fan, because this is the same luxury leather recliner that Joey and Chandler famously fell in love with. On friends, so you can call us on oh eight one eight one zero four one zero six if you are a big friends fan, and you'll need to be because the questions can be a little bit difficult. Now let's go to a few more mentions on Free Food Friday for Roosters Piri Piri in Douglas and Blackpool. We in Ardara in Montanati are working with the Cope Foundation. We'd love Roosters for our lunch. We worked so hard over the last few years looking after all the lovely ladies and men. We're also working all weekend, so it'll be a great start to that. Fingers crossed, says Sarah Foley. Morning, Mick. I'd love to win Free Food Friday for the fantastic staff in Heather House Community Nursing Unit in Grona Broher, please, says Eileen McAuliffe. Hi, Pat Dunlee, working for Kevin McCallan Building down in Cove. We'd flat out love some free food and love the show. Please pick us for Free Food Friday from Melanie and all the staff in Skull Nicholish in uh, primary school uh, in Frankfield. Uh, please, please, please. It's been a long, rainy week. And we are hungry. Probably that it should have pronounced Nicholas, not Nicholish. <laughs> but there you go. Hi, my name is June. I'd love to win the uh, food for my husband and team because they work very hard in Trevor Tool Hire. Direct Motors on the Tremor Road Cork. We'd love roosters to finish off the week. I'd like to nominate all the girls and clients in Prestige Hair Design in Glanmire for all of their great work. And happy Friday, everyone. Free Food Friday for all the gang at Potter Cowan in Glanmire. Coral Leisure in Cove Free Food Friday. We have Dara Green, the Olympic swimmer, with us today. 
Coaching Our Swim Club. Free Food Friday from Amy's Laser Tanning and Beauty Clinic in Times Square and Balancholic. Can I please nominate all the hard workers in Glintown Care Centre in Glanmire? I don't think anyone in the council has ever won Free Food Friday, so we'd all be would be delighted uh, if we could win it for all the county council in Cove. All hard working there, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, we'd put you in the draw, lads. Uh, I would love, and lassies, I'd love for my husband and his work colleague uh, to win, work colleagues to win this amazing prize. They truly deserve it. Working hard all week. Thank you from Next Gen in Mallow. Free food, Sean Buckley in Audi, Bandon Road. Kevin Buckley in Boston Scientific as well. Thanks. Dispatch team at Roadstone, Balancholy. All the lads in O'Regan Tarmac would love to win Free Food Friday. They're all working very hard today in Farron and are starving with the hunger. Free Food Friday for Killian and Richard and all the lads with SETI uh, on Glasheen Road. Atkins Grass Machinery in uh, Ballycoreen. Uh, come on, Mick, we're four years texting in. Uh, and finally for now, hello, Mick, I'd like to nominate Shipping Solutions Limited, who are based in Tivoli Docklands for Free Food Friday. Andrea and her extremely hardworking staff deserve it. They are the unsung heroes, and like their name suggests, they work around the clock, coming up with Shipping Solutions, figuring out, figuring out ways to get all their customers' products into Cork by air, land and sea. A lot of products that we see in our supermarkets, furniture and electrical shops are there because of Andrea and her staff. Thanks, Mick. And that is from Martin. Free Food Friday with Roosters Piri. Piri will pick a winner very soon and go, we're going to feed 15 people. Uh, everything from beef and chicken skewers to chicken wings and beef burgers and chicken pitas, Piri salted fries. You know the drill by now. It's a huge selection of food. And you can build your own cheesecake as well with Roosters Piri Piri, Kinder Buena sauce, Kinder Pieces, Nutella and lots more. They're in Douglas and Blackpool and you can check them out on RoostersPiriPiri.com. Back to the phone lines and to... Hillary, good morning, Hillary. Good morning. Now you're you're not the only Hillary in the world who's uh, Bill's wife, are you? Uh-huh. Well, there's Hillary Clinton, isn't there? Oh, there is, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you are Hillary, and you are Bill's wife. I am. Now the sad news, of course, is that Bill's shop in Fairfield is uh, closing after 18 years in operation. I know. Today, it's six o'clock. Yes. Okay, six. How how sad has it been for you, and how how long has this? you know, this impending gloom and doom become the solid realisation that we just can't go on? Um, okay. I, um, sorry now, I'm actually more emotional today than what I thought I would be. I'm normally chipper out and the form wouldn't be the best today now, so um, I will do my best. Um, maybe for the last three years, it's been very hard getting staff and maintaining structure and routers with staff. And then we have a little boy as well, and he's 12, and he's turning um, pre-teenager now, as you can imagine. So he's looking for dad to be at home a lot more as well. So we always said that Sam was the most important. And to me, it's all about friends and family, or family and friends, whichever way you want to put it. Um, so when Sam started saying, Mom, I'd like Dad to do this, to take me to school or collect me and that, we sat down and we spoke about it, and we said, you know, things seem to be aligning, really, um, with the staffing issues and, and, you know, little bits, other things as well. Yeah. So Bill is tired. He's doing long hours for the last two and a half years now. He's doing between ninety and a hundred hours a week, and you just you can't keep that up. Do you know? Oh, that's so, um, that's just, two and a half weeks working a week. I know, and it's every week, and it's seven days a week. And I I don't mean to be saying she got help us poor us. That was the choice we made. But like he leaves every morning. He gets up at twenty past five. He leaves at ten past six. And he's above waiting for the delivery drivers then as they roll up at quarter to ten to seven. And that's Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. 
and then Tuesday and Thursday he finishes at two so he can do the cash and carry in those bits come home then do a roster uh, and organise the other bits behind the scenes that you wouldn't really see so it's it's, it's not really a life anymore you know yeah, it's, it's, it's a business of the size where he needs to be hands on and maybe not employ a full time manager is that right? Which you can't get one it's very difficult to get one because I'll be very honest with you not everybody wants evenings and not everybody wants weekends mm-hmm. so they all kind of want the daytime which I totally understand uh, myself so it, it, we've tried that we've executed all options and it just came to a matter of where your health now um, is more important than anything else so we just made the decision fairly quickly I can't say it was something we're thinking about a long time because we weren't it just came um, it came fairly fast you know and we were happy with it um, but you know something I really know and if you knew me at all you'd know that I'm a lot of things but I'm very 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 caring and I'm very soft myself and I really never thought in a million years that a small little shop in a corner of an acre in the city would have such an effect on people. I just, I, I can't believe it myself. If I could show you my sitting room here now with what Bill came home with last night, it's like Christmas morning. The respect, the appreciation, the gratitude from people, it's, it's frightening. Like we're in very, very, very hard times, as you well know. Fuel costs. Heating costs, every cost, food especially, and people stop to think of us, think of Bill. We've already gotten text to the programme as well today, thanking Bill and Hillary and Fairfield Stores for everything you've done for the community over the years. Well, we tried, you know, we came there 18 years ago and we said we we're going to do our best and we tried and we really did try. We gave everything we had and now we're just tired and we need a bit of a rest and it's not as if we're stopping to go somewhere else or start something else. It's not like that at all. It's totally the fact that we are tired. Bill is very tired and he just needs a rest now and we just need to reevaluate things and look at things and spend time with our... the love of our life the greatest love of our life our boy Sam we became a family through adoption a lot of people would know that and um, we got him Sam 12 years ago on the 8th of December we came home in 2010 and it was the happiest day of our life I'll never forget it coming into Cork Airport as long as I live you know and he has to come first so he's looking for dad now and he wants dad now and dad wants to be there with him and doing things with him because they grew up so fast they do of course even at 12 uh, Bill has missed a bit uh, to, to working hard and giving to the community. I know you're running your own business. Are you, are you financially set up that he doesn't have to work for a while? I wouldn't say that, no, but you know, look, we'll take it week by week and that I, I was, I'm on career break and um, I, my, my work was superb and I had career break so we made the choice that I, I would be at home with Sam and Bill would work and we did that and now it's Bill's turn to be here and, you know, a lot of things have to be... Um, Reevaluated in that, and look, it was a small. It is a small corner shop. You, you will be a millionaire out of that. You know what I mean? In a fit like, but at the end of the day, look, health is wealth, and I really mean that. And I don't think there's any of your customers or anyone in the community that knows of the shop and the hard work you've put in that would begrudge you the move you're making because nobody. you're making it for the most noble of reasons. Nobody, one hundred percent. If you knew Farnry on the outskirts of Farnry and you knew the people I tell you you go a long long way to find nicer from the top of their heads to the tip of their toes they're genuine they're straight up they call a spade a spade and they're very welcoming and they took us in 18 years ago and they gave us their support their love Salt of the Earth have a buddy living not far away from there Mickey Cairns I don't know if you know I couldn't put words into it they're just we got um, as I told you a lot of gifts you know Mm. 
totally unexpected but I'm looking at one here now in front of me um, I think she's 11 now um, I won't give her name now just in case um, I didn't get clearance with parents or anything but Bill came home last night with a painting it's a canvas but it's framed and it's a picture of the shop wow you think an adult was after doing it fab we, we have somebody on the line to talk to you Keith good morning good morning Mick how's things Hillary good morning good morning Keith how are you not a bother, girl. No, Mick, that shop I will be missed. He's up there by 17 years there, that's it. But I, I kind of wrote an old poem for him. Okay. Will I say it? Will oh, I absolutely, say it, yes, please. Right, I'll read this is for Bill. Right. I, I knew a shopkeeper called Bill. He had a shop up by the Fair Hill. The staff were great, even one baked me a cake. Thank you very much, Bill. And Bill would say back to me, he didn't need to. Thank you, thank you, thank you very much, Mr. O'Connell. Thanks to your man, thanks to your dad, thanks to your brothers and sisters, and thank you, thank you, thank you. You'd love to say thank you. That's a nice poem. <laughs> well, well, well done, Keith. What are your abiding memories of the shop over the last 17, 18 years I, or so? I'll be honest with you, know, Mick, right? I tell you, know, I, I'm single there for the last couple of months, you know, and there's a girl single up there, she knows who I am, and she's single... And I just want to pull out there to her like that would, she would like to go for a meal or something, you know. She knows who I am, like. Very brave of you. Me, yeah, she, she baked me a cake there for my birthday there about five months ago. And um, since then, you know what I mean? Like, am I just saying, I know the cake, Mick? There is. I hope you're not listening. It was a sponge cake and it fell off the table and cracked one of the tiles. A sponge cake. <laughs> and you want her to go out with you? Well, I'm not going to bring her down and she can bake. <laughs> we'll go for a meet. If, if you have a new boat, as I take one there, I keep you up to date with her, like. Right, OK. On the one hand, you hope she's listening because you want, you want her to ask you out, I think, is it? And on the other hand, you hope she's not listening because her sponge cake cracked a tile on your floor. It did. Cracked a tile, Mick. On my floor. I will not say honest, no, no, she's a lovely girl, she speaks well and all that, you know what I mean? But uh, it's just that, I, I don't know, I probably suppose I'm in love with them. Oh, isn't that lovely admission? And you, you, I'm sorry I, about that now, Mick. You better, not, to hang up. You, you better not give her name. No, no, I won't give her name at all, Mick. But she knows, she knows, she knows I'm still mad about her. All right, and do you know who he's talking about there, Hillary? I do. Thanks, Keith. Right, not about that, catch you later. Thanks. Be good. Thanks, Mr. cheers. Look. I have it now, a new matchmaking business for you and Bill. I know, yeah, wouldn't it be wonderful? I'm Monica Lewinsky, the dog. We'd be doing great all together. No, thank you. <laughs> Monica Lewinsky, the dog. <laughs> so you're closing for the last time today. What time will you close? What will the end of uh, career, I suppose, shopping, a shop owner career for you both w- w- mean? Will there be a, will it be bittersweet? Will there be champagne that you're opening a new chapter in your life and you're prioritising on the most important thing in life? Uh, your, new, your, your son now going into secondary school and wanting... More family time with his mum and dad. Absolutely. And um, oh, trying to get them into secondary school, I never thought it was such a, uh, a stressful experience in my life, but that's for another day anyway. What will it be like today? It'll be very... Do you know what now? Um, I don't really cry in public too much at all. I kind of keep it in Uncle I'm on my own. But I'm not envying, envying today at six o'clock. No, he won't close until the lottery machine says six o'clock. That was always one of his things. He always... 
did the hours he said he was going to be there because he said you don't ever know what mother is going to be without a pint of milk for children that evening or in the morning or you don't know who's going to be without a paper Hillary um, so if you give day if you give times you do your times and that's it he's never been one to um, slack off he slipped two and a half years ago in the ice above one morning going out the door um, he was bringing cardboards out to the recycling and he had too many and he slipped out the door and he went flying across the step out onto the green bounced off the green hopped up went in and put his recycling back and rang me about four o'clock that day and said you know I'm, I think something could be wrong because I really can't move here and I said where are you um, I just came out to the van to ring you but he said I can't get back out oh said, okay so that um, do you know from there on then I kind of I said, you know, you, you, what's the expression? You live to work, not work to live. Yeah. And that's what I've become, you know. And you've made that choice. Is there full-time, part-time staff involved here? They're going to miss out? No. No, if you knew us at all, you'd know everybody and everything was looked after in that capacity. Um, no, we've been very fair. The only people that we lose out now are the customers and Bill and I with the interaction with them because, as I said, the outpouring of support. And you know what? Not one of them has said, Bill, you're mad. Like, we're gonna, you know, you're off your game. You're mad. Not one. They're all disappointed. But the general consensus has been you deserve it, number one. We're going to miss you so, so much, number two. You've been more than a shop. You were the community centre. You were everything we needed when we needed it. There was... Bill has done things for people that nobody will ever know about. And I leave it like that. And that's the way it should be. If you're doing a good turn for somebody, do it from your heart and don't ever talk about it again. That's my capacity. I'm rearing Sam. We are rearing Sam to get up off a bus and leave an elderly person sit down, to open a door for somebody to use your manners and our motto in the house the mantra is if you can't if you can be anything in life be kind as, as, as my mum says there's only a loan of us all in the world you've no idea the days are very 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 long but the years are very fast you have no idea and it you know life is so short you don't actually realise it but it is so short so as I say we came into Farnley 18 years ago I will never be able to thank the people for the support that they gave us we leave now as friends um, Do you stay in the area? No. No. Bill is all about a clean break and he's all about, you know, he knows, that's one thing about him, he's very good for clarification. Bill knows when the time is right and when Bill makes a decision, he never goes back. Once the decision is made, that's it. And we look forward, he's very positive, very, to describe Bill now in, in, in a couple of words, he'd be very shy, um, very quiet, very unassuming, uh, very, very, very mannerly, that's what Keith meant by thank you, thank you, thank you. He must say it a million times a day. But, um, but he has his own depth of confidence and happiness with which you can, you guys can move on with. You've yes. just done a lovely tribute to your husband on the air there. That oh doesn't my. happen many times. <laughs> you know, and in, in a programme that has to reflect a lot of worry, a lot of fear and a lot of calling out the government and bits and pieces like that. Isn't it lovely to kind of half finish up this way? We're not finished yet. We've got about uh, 15, 20 minutes to go. But that's a lovely, eloquent, heartfelt tribute to the love of your life. Can, can I ask you perhaps, Hilary, um, m- maybe to just maybe say thank you to all your customers in the same vein? I will. I'll try anyway. Um, right. 18 years ago, we arrived in Farnery. The day we arrived, a huge truck arrived also. Um, we looked at each other and we said, how are we going to empty this thing? It was beyond huge and it was a stock for the shop. On the morning, it was cold, it was wintry. It was pushing, I suppose, 12, half 12, and we were behind. And I said, what are we going to do? And there was a gang of gentlemen going in out of the bar next door. 
and they said he stuck their love and I said oh my god I said I don't know what we're going to do is a miracle we need here and they started they started calling out a few lads and they started a human chain and they passed box to box and they brought it into the shop and they practically stocked the shop with us so on behalf of Bill myself Amy who I'll come back to in a second and all my staff present and previous past they're all still very friendly we're friendly with everybody on behalf of Bill myself and Sam we want to say a heartfelt thank you to you all we couldn't have survived with our customers so I will never be able to get around to thank all of you individually but ye know what ye mean to us and ye know what we feel for ye and the gratitude and the depth of warmth and affection is here in my sitting room today and I just can't thank you enough for your support and I hope to God that when we go that you'll settle and you'll be getting on grace going forward and when I'm in Wilton or when I'm in Douglas Court or Blackpool which I do be around we will meet each other I don't I don't believe it's uh, goodbye we're going I believe it's so long we'll see you soon Oh fabulous is there a well deserved holiday on the horizon? There's, there's definitely something what I told you we became a family through adoption so we're very anxious to take our little boy home to see where his birth country is and let him see it through a child's eyes and it was a magical time for us in, in Ethiopia when we adopted Sam and we're very excited about seeing it and he's of age now where he can understand but before I go now I just want to say one thing please okay I could get upset now okay um 17 years ago on a Friday evening I was stuck for a shift and I had nobody to cover it and I said what am I going to do now because the Fridays had gotten very busy so I rang home and my youngest sister the, the youngest of the family was there and I said Amy yes Hill I said you never do me a favour will you and she said I will if I can what's wrong and I said Bill is in the shop and we're stuck we have nobody for this evening will you come up and help him I will of course how long do I have I said not very long so come on so she came up anyway, and that was 17 years ago, and she will walk out the door tonight with Bill at 6 o'clock after 17 years. Oh. So Amy, I know you're listening. You know what you mean to us. You know what you mean to Sam. And I can't thank you enough for what you've done down through the years. You kept it going at all times when we went to Ethiopia, when we went the second time. Anytime we needed anything, Sam's communion, you kept everything rolling over and you were so good and I will never be able to thank you. I will try, but I won't. And from the customers alike, I know they loved you. I see that when we're out together and the way they thank you. You're very special and always remember that. Hilary, thank you so much for everything you said on the air this morning. I tried anyway. It was a hard one today now. You did more than try. Thank you very much. You're very welcome and God bless. Have a nice weekend. Thanks, you too. All the best and best of luck to Bill and Sam and to Hillary in their new life as they open a new chapter. Now we're opening a lot of food boxes today for a certain winner of Free Food Friday with Roosters Piri Piri and Douglas. And that winner is... Cleana in All About Gorgeous and Black Rock. Hiya, Cleana. Hiya. Hi, how's it going? You have a supervisor who got engaged, I believe. Yeah. Well, perfect way to celebrate her today and all she does, the help and support she gives to everyone. Uh, she's a real superstar, I heard. Well done, you're, win- you're the winner of Free Food Friday on the Neil Prendival Show. You're going to get a huge selection of food, chicken wings, chicken skewers and beef skewers, chicken wraps, chicken pittas and beef burgers. Share it all out, will you, if there's, uh, if there's too much there for you guys to eat. But well done to all at uh, All About Gorgeous in Blackrock. And thanks, Emil Cleaner. Thank you.
Thank you. The Neil Prendeville Show on Cork's Red FM. Our phone lines remain open after midday, 0818-104-106. And at nine minutes to 12, time to wrap up the business of the Neil Prendeville Show for the week. Neil returns on Monday morning. But we've got a big, big competition right now. And uh, we're going to say hello to um, Noelle O'Sullivan from Ballancolleg on the line. Hi, Noelle. Hi, how are you? Very good. We're having trouble with your phone. It keeps dropping out. <clears throat> if, it dro- if it drops out during the call, we're going to have to give it to the other person. And that oh, other person <laughs> is Francis Hackett, a huge Friends fan. Uh, and Francis, where are you calling from, Francis? Friars Walk. Friars Walk. How big a Friends fan are you guys? Huge. I love it. Absolutely love it. Okay. Okay. So we're going to give uh, set A of questions to Noel. That's just by random choice, okay? And set B to you, Francis, okay? Okay. Okay. And now we've also asked you, just to be fair, uh, we've also asked you each a tiebreaker question, and you've both given your answers to that. uh, And so we know the answers already. If it comes down to you you all get three, you all get two, it'll be the closest to the uh, tiebreaker question that will decide who gets that fabulous prize from Glentree uh, Furniture Centre of uh, €1,958 worth of a fantastic Lazy Boy luxury leather recliner. You must know what this is, do you? Yeah, yeah. Joey and Chandler fell in love with it on the show anyway. Okay, Noel. first question for you. What is Ross and Monica's surname? Geller. Geller, that is correct. Question one of yours, Francis, is who performs the theme tune to Friends, I'll Be There For You? Oh, Janice. Oh, I don't know. I'm going to play it in a moment. Last chance. Oh. Okay, well, don't worry. There's still uh, two more questions each. Uh, For Noel, who is the actor that plays Richard Burke, Monica's boyfriend? Oh, Tom, um, oh, um, oh, is it, oh, oh, God, um, Tom, oh, I'm going to say Tom Selleck, but I don't think that's right. Tom what? Tom Tom Selleck. Tom Selleck is correct. Well done. (laughs) Uh, Back to you, Francis. In order to break up with her permanently, what country does Chandler tell Janice he is moving to? Oh, oh, way out east. Uh, Not coming to you. Yemen. Yemen is correct. Well done. We're down to question three. Noel, what's the name of Joey's acting agent? Um. Oh. Um. Oh. Uh, oh God! I can see her in front of me. Um, oh, um, Can't give any hints, I'm afraid. Oh no, I can see her. She's got blonde hair, curly up in the bun. Um, <laughs> you are a fan, but I need the answer. Oh, um, Three, oh, two, sugar. one. Okay, uh, you can tie break on this one, uh, Francis, so best of luck to you, okay? No hints will be coming. What's the name of Phoebe's twin sister? Ursula. Ursula is correct. You got two each. We go to tiebreaker. And the tiebreaker question we asked you before you came on air was how many hours would it take to watch all the Friends episodes without any breaks? In other words, how many hours of Friends are there? Now, Noel, you said 24 hours of Friends. Way too short. <laughs> and uh, Francis, you said 96 hours of Friends. 
The answer is 86 hours and 53 minutes, making Francis our winner. Thanks, Noel. Oh, my God. Well done, Francis. 1,958 you. euro so worth of uh, a Lazy Boy recliner uh, coming to you, the one that oh Joey and Chandler God. famously fell in love with and friends. You, you yeah, fell behind there for a while. Um, yeah, yeah, but oh you, you, you won it at, at, at the final hurdle. My thanks to all at Lentree Furniture Centre uh, and to our extra winner. Well done to Francis Hackett. Thanks, Francis. We're going to play out with the Rembrandts. You missed that one. I'll be there for you. Well done. That's the Rembrandt, and I'll be there for you. We haven't time to play at all because we want to squeeze in one more caller on the Neil Prendeville Show. Mary, good morning. Good morning, Mick. How are you? Okay, very, very good. Now, you, you want to say a, a quick thanks to Hillary, is it? Pardon? You want to say a quick thanks? I want to say a quick thanks to Hillary, uh, Amy, her sister, and to Bill. They've been so kind there beautiful people, very kind people and thank you so much to Hilary for teaching my 10 grandchildren in preschool in Farnery. She was absolutely outstanding with them. She was so gentle. She made them so comfortable. She was absolutely brilliant and I have to say thank you and my eldest granddaughter is 23 and I remember bringing her in there the first day, Claudia, to her and she was absolutely brilliant. She was crying when she gone in and she was so happy coming out. And there'll be lots of tears today. Well, that's all we can squeeze yes. in but well done and to Hilary and Bill. Thank you, Mary. She's becoming a social worker today through Hillary's teaching at the start when she started off 23 years ago. Thanks. And Fantastic. Thank you so much. To Th- and, th- and thank you, Mary. Everything. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. My sincere thank th- uh, thanks to Seamus Wheelahan, Claire O'Connor and Kevin Galvin, the Neil Prendival Show producers who made things so easy for me this week. Neil returns on Monday morning, but best of luck to all at Red FM. Uh, tonight's Imro Awards in the Lyrath House in Kilkenny were up for six awards in total, and the team here at the Neil Prendival Show are up for three of their own. So the very best of luck. Neil's back on Monday morning. Uh, have a great weekend. This is Mick Mulcahy. Talk to you soon. For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcasts.